Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Big Sills! National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard as you do. Each and every single day, we thank you so much. Again, we can't do this without you, and we thank you. You know, traditionally, I don't start my show off with sports that have no relevance with people any longer, and that's notably Major League Baseball. But I saw something last night that moved the needle for me. You see, I'm not one of these hosts that all of a sudden when football season ends, it's why we have the National Football Show. You know why? Football will always run the day, no matter what sport's going on. It will always dwarf what's going on seasonally. Hockey. Hockey's a non-factor. Baseball at times, and I'll tell you why here in a minute, is a non-factor till you get to the playoffs. Or you have a rabid fan base. Hey, let's be candid here. Quite frankly, you weren't filling up, and you weren't filling up the stands to go watch Philly, Philly baseball early in the season last year. You weren't. You waited to the postseason. Basketball, wake me up in June. I saw something last night, though. Now, look, it wasn't Carlton Fisk Game 6 World Series, but I saw a pretty good moment last night. Japan versus USA in the World Baseball Classic. I got to tell you, man, that moved the meter, meter for me. Shohei Otani is one of my favorite athletes in America today. He, he is going to get a $600 million contract, and you can justify it. Baseball does, Rob Manfred does the worst job, the commissioner of the sport, at promoting his athletes. If you took Mike Trout and put him in a mall in Los Angeles where he plays, you couldn't pick him out of a lineup. You couldn't because they don't promote their athletes. Shohei Otani last night, dude, he's the best baseball player I've ever seen in my lifetime. Here's why. How about this? Who would you rather have on the Phillies? Otani or Bryce Harper? This guy can win you 15 games. He throws 102 miles an hour, and he can hit you 45 bombs. I've never seen a baseball player in my lifetime. That includes Bonds and Henderson. I think those two guys in my lifetime are the best baseball players I've ever seen. Ricky Henderson's 1,400 stolen bases will never be broken, ever. Bonds is 762. And his 70-plus home runs in a regular season, only he and Babe Ruth are the men that have held that distinction at one time or another. Imagine that. Bonds and Ruth. I still think this guy's better. It's unbelievable. Watching Shohei Otani. He's going to get a $600 million uh, contract. Striking out Mike Trout last night, that was a pretty cool moment, man. Major League Baseball won. You have my interest now. Well, kind of. You kind of have my interest. You need to promote that guy 
as much as you possibly can as the modern-day Babe Ruth. You need to do everything in your power to promote that guy because baseball has never seen anything like that. Ever seen anything like that guy. Can you imagine? Look at what, look at what the NFL does to Patrick Mahomes. But I'll tell you this. The NFL doesn't just promote one guy. They tried that with Vic years ago. They don't promote one guy. They promote the shield. And Americans buy the shield. They love the shield. It's a Teflon shield. You could have rape charges. You could have people with sexual assault charges. You could have child abuse cases. You could have racist conversations, racial moments. Redskins as a race name won't matter. NFL moves the needle, and it's it you you can't hurt the shield. Shitty owners doesn't matter. Baseball's not like that because it's regional, dude. That guy Shohei Otani. Baseball won't promote him enough. They won't. You know why? He's Japanese. What did Stephen A. Smith say a couple years ago? Stephen A. Smith got heat because he said. The face of baseball can't be Japanese. I don't know what that has to do with anything. But for some reason, our, our American media doesn't promote Rory McIlroy. Or when you're talking about some of the great European players, we barely know who the soccer stars are in the world. I mean, this guy is a star. He's maybe the greatest baseball. No, he is the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. It's incredible. Win you 15 games, throw 102 miles an hour, and hit 45 bombs. I don't know. That, that would be like Patrick Mahomes throwing 45 touchdown passes and having 10 interceptions and leading the NFL in interceptions. That's how insane that is. Two completely different skill sets. Dude, unbelievable moment last night. Now... It's probably a moment, but baseball won the night last night. Good for them, man. They need nights like that because that sport doesn't have a lot of interest. I'm not, I, I barely talk baseball unless there's a significant moment. That was cool. How about this? That was a cool moment in sports last night. Cool moment. All right. I want to get into strategy here. And I want to talk about the Eagles' 10th and their 30th pick. What do you think will be the most valuable pick in the upcoming April draft for the Eagles? What will be the most significant pick, you think? It's easy just by the visual of saying, still's the 10th. Not necessarily. There's more risk at the 10th. Remember that. Higher you are up in the draft, more risk. Will Levis, are you sold? Tyree Wilson, Big 12 guy, you sold? Christian Gonzalez playing in not such a great conference. I think he's really great. He did transfer from Colorado. The higher you're up in that top 10, I think there's more chances of misses. I think there's more chances. What's the more valuable pick? By the way, 
Doc Walker, one of our great friends, former Washington Redskin, now with the Commanders on the broadcast team and does local radio in D.C. Known him forever, and he's a dear friend. He'll join us at 5.30 Eastern. We'll talk a little Commanders. I think that's one of the teams in the NFC East. That could make some noise. They're a very interesting team. So we'll talk to Doc. That'll be 5.30 Eastern time. Been on the program numerous times. Goes back a long way. What's the most significant pick? Running back at 10? Never. The Eagles? You got to remember something, Niners all day. You've got to look at history of a ball club. The Philadelphia Eagles don't value in the draft the running back position. They value the running game. What's the biggest value that the Eagles have shown since Jeffrey Loria has owned the Eagles? The trenches. They are vested heavily, and their actions show it. Look at the offensive money. Look at the equity in draft with Jordan Davis. Right? 13th pick a year ago. Look at the money they spend on the offensive side. The trenches. Not even a corner or linebacker. It's funny, they're trying to do everything they can to have equity in the wide receiver positions. They have it now. Watch this. Big money, first round. And if you really look at their DT position, watch. First round, I think $10 million for Fletcher Cox is a ton of money. Okay? I think that's a ton of money for a guy who wasn't, I think, very productive in the beginning of the year. I thought he got better as the year went on. That's because they had more depth. If you look at the numbers, they dictate that. See what I'm saying here? They spend the money in the trenches. They're trying to at the perimeter. By the way, tight end spends a lot of money, right? Follow me here when I say with the 10th pick. I think the 30th pick is the value pick. And the 10th pick is the is the equity pick. And here, here's where I'm going with this. Howie's how, how got to target two players. Jalen Carter, in my opinion, right? Jalen Carter, I think there, or Tyree Wilson, I'll throw three in. I don't believe Will Anderson falls that far, but I think you have to target those three guys. Edge rusher to replace Brandy Graham, he's got to be replaced one day. Why not get a younger guy in there? Can you imagine having a Tyree Wilson and a Josh Sweat after this coming 2023 season? Figure this what you would have out. You would have a 23-year-old defensive tackle and Jordan Davis, a year older. You would have a Milton Williams, who's also a young guy, a Josh Sweat, who's a young guy, a Tyree Wilson or a Will Anderson on your perimeter. You would be young and you're – and your defensive line for the next 10 years. That's where they like to invest. It would not shock me if the Eagles somehow make a move for an interior lineman at either 10 or 30. I don't think they want to pick a lineman offensively at 10. Why wouldn't you trade down? Eventually, you've got to replace in two years Lane Johnson. Lane's already said it. 
If you draft that replacement, look what you're going to have in the O-line. Cam Jurgens at center next year. You get your offensive guard tackle in the draft this year if you feel there's a guy to go there. And you've got Milan and Dickerson. You've got the core of your football team back intact again with what? Youth. And no money. And I could pay my quarterback. That 10th pick, in my opinion, is going to enforce the trenches on either side of the ball, depending who's going to be there at 10. I think you can get a quality offensive lineman with that 10th pick by trading down to maybe 15. I think the number one thing that the Eagles want to do, because look what they did in the back end of their football team. They, they got Bradbury for the next three years. They got Slay for one more year. Your, your safety position, I think you can address that in the second and third round. Or maybe at 30. Get your guy Branch at 30. Safety? Am I really going to spend a top 15 pick on a safety? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I'll also say this to you. With the lack of a lot of superstar talent in free agency this period, I think the draft's going to be even more essential. Appreciate it. What's up, Dan? I thank you very much, Philly guy. Boy, I tell you, PTB, I like the kid from Pitt. I do. Little shorter than I want in there. Hardgrave wasn't a giant guy. Weighed a lot. Um, I like the shorter guy because you know what people don't understand? Aaron Donald's a six foot, 275 pound defensive tackle. Do you know that? He's six feet. Aaron Donald plays like he's seven feet. He's six feet, 275. And he's the best DT in the game. Put Always put that in. Sap, six one and a half. Jerome Brown, six two and a half. Cortez Kennedy, six one and a half. You don't have to be six 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 seven at DT. Most of the great interior linemen are the shorter guys. Now, to run a 34, you need to have that horse in there. Okay? You need to have that horse. Granted. Granted. And, and, and Tone said this a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago. In today's NFL, if you can't be versatile and you can't have four backers on the field because there's so much Look, I would say this to you. Most teams, traditionally, I think they're in a nickel package the majority of the games anyway. Most of the time, you're a nickel package. 70% of the time, you're, you're playing with an extra guy back there or an extra pass rusher, depending on what your scheme is. So to me, I'm, I'm getting more of a sense I'm getting more of a sense that the Eagles are going to use the 10 to create more draft assets. Trade down. Because in the middle of the draft, the, the Eagles are silent. Okay, I mean, 
You know what's crazy? That that Robert Quinn move now looks kind of, you know, it kind of looks like it hurt the Eagles a bit. Because in the middle of the draft, they don't have draft picks now. They lost the pick sending it to Chicago. Even though Chicago picked the money up, they got the draft pick. And now it looks like the Eagles could really use the middle of the draft pick. So to me, there's a sense now because of what's happened in free agency with Slay and Bradbury, I'm thinking that they're going to try to do more stuff in the trenches. Okay? You lose Sayamalo. Most people think you can slide Jurgens over. Okay. Well, why not get another guy in there at 30? Or DT at 30? Use the 10 to trade either out of the one, get picks next year, get maybe later picks this year, twos, threes, and fours. You got to look at the teams that have all that equity. Houston, Miami, Carolina. Think about this for, for, for a second here. Carolina's got a brand new head football coach in Frank Reich. They traded up to get into the position to get either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. How he goes to them and goes, tell you what, how'd you like the 10th pick? Give me your one next year or give me multiple picks that you got from San Francisco. They got a treasure chest of picks from San Francisco. That's why they floated up the one. That Christian McCaffrey deal gave them a treasure chest. And then you can start getting younger and you can create a football team because I'm going to, we're going to get into a topic here about the offense. Okay. I'm going to get into the topic about the offense and Jalen and all that. And by the way, there's so much heat on that side of the ball. Now Maurice says, Sills, why wouldn't the Eagles get another big boy for the already good old line? I agree. And you're going to have to get younger and cheaper as this equation goes on because of the payment to the quarterback. You're going to have to. See, it's a money ball game. Howie plays it very well. He does. The problem is, is that he's got to tear the house down every year. Wouldn't it be cool if you could go into a scenario where you don't have to tear the whole damn thing down every year? He's got it this year on the offensive side. But when you pay Jalen, who goes next year? Who goes? Malata, Lane, AJ? All those guys are top market money-making players. And see, this is not an Eagle thing. This is not me saying, hey, you're going to have to cut the team. And it's a league thing. It's a league thing. This year, they're going to get the autonomy not to have to go crazy. Because why? Jalen's still on that rookie contract. By the way, I'm under the belief now that Jalen Hurts is controlling this entire dialogue. Because he's watching what's going on in Baltimore. And I guarantee you. My personal feeling, I have no insight. He does not want the animosity that's going on in Baltimore to go on in Philly. He does not. 
So I think, guess it, get this, I think the Eagles feel comfortable in not having to address this. You notice nobody in the media has asked Howie or anybody, Nick, any of the press conferences, when Hurts' deal getting done? The only people that are asking are talk show hosts, like me. I think they have a date in mind, maybe in summertime. They'll start and they'll finish. I think they've already got the number down. I think it's the framework. Okay? But the strategy at 10 and 30 now, I think the 10th pick is the more dangerous pick for the Eagles. The Eagles have so much to replace on that side. You can't miss. You can't have the Andre Dillards. You can't have the the Derek Barnett's, the Jalen Ragers. You can't have that. You've got to have guys from a year ago and this year play. Significant ball. Maurice, I, I don't know, man. Here, here's Maurice goes like this. Howie will screw it up. Let me put this out there to you. They don't screw up the lines traditionally. This is where I think they should play. Play in their sandbox. Howie sandbox is D-line and O-line. Free agency is linebackers secondary. I think that's, and again, tell me I'm wrong here on this. To me, when I'm watching his, his behavior, how he deals with the team, I think they've got to stick with what they do best, especially at 30. You're never going to overdraft at 30, and you're not going to overpay at 10. Man. Because let's look at Jordan Davis. And by the way, I have never on this program, and nor will I, because three years is my litmus test for a player. I have never said Jordan Davis is a bust. I said he was non-productive a year ago. He did not play like the 13th pick. Okay. You've got to have the 13th pick look like the 13th pick this year. Cam Jurgens has to play. All signs point to Jurgens being what they drafted. Why? Jason Kelsey was involved. Jeff Stoutland, Howie, the organization has had tremendous success on the offensive line side. It's one of the best organizations in pro football history. Do you know how significant it is that the Eagles have three superstar players in one unit like that? There's no NFL team, no NFL team today that has three superstar O-linemen like that. It just doesn't happen. And that's not by happenstance. It's been that way since the guys owned the team in the mid-90s. So you're going like this. Well, they just got luck. Luck is once in a generation. Not having all the great players that they've had. And, 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 and I would say this. Yeah, you know what? Miguel, I might say Landon Dickerson's Landon Dickerson's on his freaking way. It's unbelievable how successful they are in the O-line. It's utterly unbelievable. Unbelievable. Watch this. Stunning 
how great the Eagles are in the O-line. Stunning. I'd also throw tight end at you. You got to look at history on teams and how they draft. Remember I told you this? The Eagles have had one of the worst histories in NFL history at wide receiver. Still to this day, they've never had a guy with a 100-catch season at wide receiver, ever. They've never had that. This past season, two guys with a grand. Very significant. And two guys with over 90 catches. They're on their way. Transforming that offense to what they – that's a tight – the Eagles have had great tight ends all the way back to Carmichael and before. You look at a team and how they look at how, who they are, O-line, D-line. Look at some of the greatest defensive linemen that have ever played. The Reggie White group. That D-line is the greatest D-line in Eagle history. I don't care what they say about this last year's uh, D-line. You think last year's D-line was better than Jerome Brown, Reggie White, Clyde Simmons and them dudes? Absolutely not close and remotely close. They had a very productive season. But do you actually think that unit from a year ago was better than the Reggie White D-line? Not in a billion years. Not in a billion years. But their behavior has dictated that that's where their strengths are. So again, you know, I thought about the 10th pick. I go, you know, everyone's looking at the 10th pick and they're doing this. Mike Pitts, man, God rest his soul, was also a great ball player. Yes, he was. Evil, man. Mike Pitts, great defensive tackle. Great tackle. They had another kid in there too, didn't they? What was his name? Clark? Hang on for a minute. I, he, this is that Pro Bowl ballot that Big Sills was on. Ken Clark, remember him? Jerome Brown. Look at the D tackles that they had. Look at, look at the D tackles the Eagles had on the Pro Bowl ballot then. This is just the interior, not with Reggie. Jerome Brown, Ken Clark, Mike Gullick, and Mike Pitts. That's quite a group. That's quite a group. So to me, I trade out of that pick. If Jalen Carter and one of the top two edge rushers aren't there, I think I trade out of that. I might trade completely out of the first round with that 10th pick and pick up twos, threes, fours, and fives. Someone always panics. I'll tell you one thing Howie is really great at. You know what it is? When it comes to draft day, he may not always land on the right square, but the one thing that he does do, he doesn't panic. And you know how I say this? Dude, all the way up until the 10th day of the NFL start of the season, he goes out and finds a dude on a roster that they knew after they signed Honey Badger that they couldn't keep Gardner Johnson because they had given all that money to Honey Badger. They knew they had to jettison that guy because, quite frankly, the Saints are in cap hell. They weren't going to resign. There is not a planet that anybody sits on right now that knows that the Saints were going to pay Gardner Johnson this year in free agency $8 million. Nobody. They're $40 million over the cap. I say you trade that 10th pick 
And I say you move that 10th pick. If your guy's not there, some go like this. What about Joey Porter? You think cornerback this year is a priority? Do you? I think safety's a priority and edge rusher and tackle. I don't think corner's a priority. I think the first week and a half of free agency has changed that dynamic. Look at how it changes too, like the weather on your priority. I think now it's safety, but again, okay, what's a bigger need right now? Safety, linebacker, or DT? What would be what would be the priority right now that you think how he looks at on that defensive side? I'll tell you this. Don't think I'm I'm not thinking that he's looking at the offensive line spot right now because that's their strength. You know, Jeff Stoutland must be sitting there with all the college personnel guys looking at guys in two, three, and ladder rounds. He must be eyeballing guys. Who in the world would not want to play football for Jeff Stoutland and the Eagles? Man, that guy, Because you, here's why you want to play in Philly if you're an old lineman. You know you're going to get paid. Look at Isaac Sayamalo. Look at the guy that was there a couple years. Look at all these guys that get paid. Two tackles are making 15, north of $15 million a year. See, to me, I think the guy in the draft in the first round is that kid Branch from Bama now. Here's the three guys. Look, I love Devon Weatherspoon. I think the kid's a great ball player. I think he's a bigger version of Bob Sanders. I absolutely like this guy. I do, and I would love him on my ball team. However, I think you have to go priority right now. Who's the best player available at that respected position that I feel I need to address? It's got to be Howie's mentality right now. You know why? He needs to use as much of this time as possible because he has an offense intact that could maybe carry the mail. And I'm going to get to that topic here in a minute. I think it's safety, edge rusher, and tackle. But here, watch this. Would I, would I put a 10th pick on a safety? No. And nor would anyone else. Would I put a 10th pick on an edge rusher? I would. But do I feel comfortable right now with the 10th pick to draft an edge rusher when I've got Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, and Josh Sweat, can I wait? Maybe somebody falls to 30. I don't think the 10th pick is an edge rusher. I don't think it's that much, unless it's Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. To me, if Carter falls there, that's the guy. I'm not moving up. I can't afford it. And what I mean by that is it's not that I can't afford it money-wise. I can't afford to gamble more. I've got to be right on these. Dude, the worst, here's the worst case scenario. You guys agree? Here's the worst case scenario. Jordan Davis plays like he did a year ago this year. The Kobe Dean gets hurt. And you got to count on the guys this year. And then you got a boatload of free agents that are C players and C students. That's a remedy for disaster. That's why I say, you know, a couple weeks ago on March 13th, I made the comment, I don't think this team makes the play. You've got to have a lot of shit go right with a lot of lesser talented players and more unknown players. You follow? 
It's not a rip. It's where you are. You know, and and talking to me about Reed Blankenship and some of these other guys, Kayvon Wallace, man, that shit is, dude, that's wishful thinking. You've got to get quality players in here. And, and quality players, what I mean is, again, you know, the worst, the worst shows you ever can hear are the Monday shows after the draft. How do you think we did? This kid's going to be a star. You, please don't do that. Don't be stupid. You, that's like telling me, okay, well, then Jordan Davis is a bust. If you go by that knowledge, I think we did great in the draft. On a Monday, after the weekend, and the Thursday and Friday draft, then by your litmus test, Jordan Davis is a bust. You got to kind of let it play out. Remember something, Jerome Brown didn't start his first year in Philly. He didn't start. Okay? Eagle for Life goes, Sills, how do you feel about Nicholas Morrow? I think he's a roster spot. Um, he played on the worst defense in the NFL. Those were meaningless 116 tackles. They had no impact. Um, I don't know. They need bodies. They need 90 guys to get to camp. They got to have 90 guys by June 1. He's a guy. Don't make him more than he's not. Played on the worst defense in the NFL. Now, here. Seals, could it be because of the two dudes that were in front of him? You know, that Akeem Hicks went to Tampa. They moved him out of there. Could that have impacted the fact that he was getting blown off the ball? Yeah. Could he be a better player with two more quality guys in front of him? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a, there's a lot of nuances to looking at, you know, first thing you do is you post the 116 tackles. That tells me nothing on the worst defense in the NFL. That tells me nothing. Now, who's in front of them? Okay, who's on the side of them? Who's your coordinator? Did they put him in proper positions? Did he chase? Does he have false steps? I mean, all of that plays into it. Did you play in the 34-43? I mean, dude, look at the players that they moved out of there in Chicago in the defense. They moved Robert Quinn out. Year previous, he had 18 sacks. They moved the kid Hicks out, and they moved Roquan Smith out. I don't know. You move a quality guys like that out of your defense, and you sit there and go, Sills, what do you think of Morrow? I don't know. I mean, you look at the people around him that he doesn't have now. It, it's, it's not a slam on the guy. I just – I'm not going to read into those three, 116 tackles and go like this, well, the guy's productive. Productive on what? A shitty defense? I don't know yet. And Sean Desai. He's the outlier in this. And again, I'm going to get to that in a minute. And again, it's not a rip. It's, it's what it is. It's an observation. Sills, what do you make? This guy had a great year. Okay, they won four games. And they were last in defense. I mean, look, Denver sucked last year. But they finished in the top five in defense. That's a unit. Their offense was tar- uh, terrible. And their head coach was terrible. So when you talk to me about Denver's defense, Denver has a defense. There's quality guys on that team. So 
go go with me here on this here. Then we're going to get into the topics here. That 10th pick has a lot of value. It's like how he's acing the hole here. Okay? That's the Saints pick. There's, do you know how many teams are going to want to deal with Howie at that 10th pick? Howie's going to have a ton of suitors. What if one of these quarterbacks, and they always do, falls, especially with teams that are, how do you know Washington doesn't want to move up? Would you, if your Eagles move with Washington, why? Why wouldn't you? You did with Dallas a couple of years ago to get Devontae Smith. Worked out for both teams. Don't give a shit about that inner division rivalry when I could get a first or second or third. Dude, put that shit during the regular season. This is about accumulating quality picks. And quality picks to me are rounds one through five. Those are quality. And some will go, Sills Milano was a seventh. I know. You get lucky out there. Brady was a sixth. Okay, I get it. Okay, and, and let, let, let me double check that on that because you're right. I, I I thought they were top five. Broncos defense ranking 2022. Here's information from lineups. Let's see where they ranked. Well, I want to see where Denver's defense ranked because I th- I thought they had a good unit a year ago. Uh, defensive rankings. Hold on, hold on. I, I thought they had a top five. I'm wrong. One, Buffalo two. Either way. I thought Denver had a good unit, okay? That 10th pick to me, okay? That 10th pick, I think is something that Howie's going to have to really look at a priority. Edge rusher, tackle. They're not there, I move out of it. All right. Let's get to the topics here now. Um. How many people believe that the Eagles offense is good enough to carry the team back to the NFC title with a suspect defense? How many people believe that that offense is good enough to carry that team back to the NFC title? Okay. Do you think it's good enough? Do you think having a number two defense is overrated? Last year, everyone was touting the Eagle defense as being one of the better units. And I think it's one of the reasons you got to the Super Bowl. It was the balance. That football team the reason that you got to the NFC title game was because of the defense as well as the offense. I mean, let's be candid here. In the postseason, especially in the divisional and the NFC title game, the defense 
Hassan Reddick was the MVP. Was the MVP. There's very few places that you're going to improve the offense. You're not. You're not going to improve the offense. This is You're going into the season with the group you have. You may draft a number three, another guard, another tackle. You, you, you may do that, and they may have some impact, but pretty much the team you have right now, okay? Miguel Gosils, how many times did the offense bail out the defense this past year? Miguel, I think you're talking mostly about the fact that when they needed something, what was the side of the ball? Here, that's a great question. What side of the ball had the better year in 2022? Offense or defense? My boy Xander says, package 10 and 30 and go get Will Anderson. You think the offense had a better year than the defense? They almost broke the 85 Bears sack record. Finished number two in the league. Really? Offense by far? You had like four or five guys with 10 plus sacks. You had a guy lead the NFL in interceptions. You had an all-pro cornerback. You had two linebackers that just got deals north of $5 million a piece that are pretty good players but not great players. Really? Hassan Reddick had 16 sacks. I don't know. There was a lot of superstar production on that side of the ball. 2,000-yard receivers, I get it. Quarterback. That defense had a lot of stars on it. Xander's point, though, package up 10 and 30 and go get Anderson. Big price for that. That's a big price. I would say this. You, you, You offer... Arizona, if Anderson's there because of Jonathan Gannon, see what he says. Want to switch picks? How much would it cost me? And maybe get Jalen Carter there. Go 10 and go like this to Arizona because Arizona picks in that four hole. They need an edge rusher. They got that kid, Zach Allen's gone. And, um, J.J. Watt's gone. They're going to want an edge rusher. Then they go to 10, and they get the kid from Iowa. What about your boy Philly 500's favorite draft kid, B. John Robinson? I would say yes, but that's not the Eagles' M.O. That's not how they act. They don't act like that. That... Running back's a priority. Why wouldn't you have kept the guy? I would have rather have kept Miles Sanders at $7 million than do that. 
As a matter of fact, when's the last time the Eagles have ever used a first rounder on a draft pick at running back? Have they ever done it in the era of Jeffrey Lurie? Have they ever drafted a running back in the first round? I, I, I doesn't pop up to my recollection that they took a first rounder during since the owner current ownership has had the team that they that they drafted a guy in the in in, in the first round at running back. This offense is going to have to have those 15, 14 play drives. So let's do this. That's, again, go back to my conversation on the draft. Doesn't it make sense for them to draft an old lineman if you've got to have a lot of this side of the ball carry your mail for you this year? Dude, this side of the ball has got to carry your water. Why wouldn't you want to strengthen that side of the ball in the trenches? You're thin there now. Dillard's no longer there. Driscoll is an okay ball player, and I'm I'm not saying he's bad. Will he get better? He can. But to me, look, the kid Paris Johnson, I'm not sure. That's kind of high of a pick. But, boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, mm, this is what the Eagles are great at. Dude, Jeff Stoutland, you got the best teacher in the building. You got the best teacher in the building. Ask him, would you use a 10 or 30th pick to take an old lineman? Is there a guy in this draft that you feel comfortable? You know what's cool about Stoutland? So Stoutland has developed some of the greatest NFL offensive linemen in the league, and he also recruited some of the greatest offensive linemen in college football history. Do you understand that this guy, the amount of range he has? Hey, Hudson Houck. And some of these other guys um, that have been great offensive line coaches, they're not recruiters. They didn't work at the college level. Jeff Stoutland was at the University of Miami. And you know, and, and when you're at the University of Miami, like Bryant McKinney, there's a reason these gigantic guys like Bryant McKinney were there. Okay, I mean, you know, Maurice goes, Paris isn't Orlando Pace. Well, Ohio State does produce pretty good old linemen. They do produce pretty good old linemen. Remember something. Ohio State's trends, linemen, receivers, secondary, running backs. That's why this guy, C.J. Stroud, I don't know how he did at his Ohio State. Brian Boldinger, I was talking to him today. He was going to come on the show. But Brian's doing the uh, Ohio State Pro Day. And Stroud's got to have a good day because people are going to hold the pass of the program against this kid like I do. I don't think he's a pro prospect. I'll take that back. I don't think he's a first-round prospect. I'm one of the only guys in the country saying that. Some go, why, Sills? Because that program doesn't produce them. And the Big Ten doesn't produce great quarterbacks anymore. Those windows are wide open. If I'm going to get a skilled player, I'm going to the SEC. The SEC plays against skilled guys, has skilled guys, skilled guys going against skilled guys, and the majority, do you understand? When you have skilled guys playing against skilled guys, the chances of missing are slim. When you got Patrick Sertan lining up on somebody, or you got Honey Badger lined up on somebody, or you got Stingley lined up on somebody, and that guy happens to be Justin Jefferson, 
or Judy or Devontae Smith. I don't know. I'm going to watch that film and go, let's get the popcorn and the beers and let's start watching this shit and see what happens here. Do you understand that's popcorn and beer drinking time? Because you're just going to sit there and watch these two dudes go battle. When I'm watching some guy from Shitwater University, like North Dakota State, playing against Wyoming nobody or Little Sisters of the Poor, that's not going to get it for me. That's not going to get it. These, these personnel general managers who do that shit, some go sills. Well, Jerry Rice came out of Mississippi Valley. More power to you. The chances of you, when's the next, how many other wide receivers have come out of that program that Jerry Rice came out of or Cutstown State like Andre Reed? Or some of these other places like Daryl Green, Texas A&I. You're playing the averages in the draft. I don't mind drafting guys out of shitwater you in the fifth round. I'm good. You know, hey, Sills, this guy's a great player. He plays at shitwater you. Okay, let me take a look at him. Let me see where he is in the fourth and fifth round. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, Savannah State. Dude, these are all fine opportunities for kids. I'm not shitting on the programs, but to sit there and tell me that I'm going to recruit schools like that. The historically black colleges in the 70s were a gold mine. That's why Al Davis won a ton of games. Art Shell, Gene Upshaw. That entire left side was from historically black colleges. Upshaw and Shell. But because of the Southeastern Conference and because they decided to take their racist blinders off, finally started letting African-American kids play in the conference. They don't have to leave home and go to the Big Ten any longer. It's why the Big Ten's not. You stay home because you get the exposure in the SEC. Racism had a lot to do with the SEC. It had a lot to do with it. You either went west or Midwest. Now, all of a sudden, kids want to stay home. Mississippi State. Mississippi. A&M. It wasn't an SEC program, but you get the drift. Historically, black colleges, I could line up a Hall of Fame list of players, like my friend Jackie Slater, played at Jackson State. I don't know, man. I think you'd give that room a really good run for your money with some of the greatest players I ever played. Deacon Jones played there. Not drafting people out of shit water you. That's why that tenth, the higher you are up in the draft, okay, the higher you're up in the draft, the more gamble it is. You get more busts in the top 10, don't you? Because... It's a panic position to be in because you usually stink. And you're forced to draft a play. Like, Will Levis, you think is better than a B. John Robinson talent-wise? Absolutely not. But because the position is so coveted, you'll overpay and overdraft. You're going to overpay and overdraft one of those quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson, look how far he's flown up that draft board. Probably goes to Indianapolis. 
probably goes to Indianapolis. Is he really a first-round guy or a project like Lamar was? Dude, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson helped that kid. Helped that kid. Helped him. You think he was really great at Florida? I don't know. Like, watch this. When I watched Lamar Jackson play at Louisville, man, you went like this. That kid is a ball player, man. He we at Louis, he won the Heisman. That kid's some ball play. When you watched him play at Louisville, you were like, shit, this kid is special. Unlike the general manager who I'm friends with, man, Tom Telesco, you might want to play wide receiver. Dude, please. People still have that notion in the back of your head when it comes to some of the dual threat quarterbacks. And if you're black, that's what the last, it's crazy. Still, it's still, it's still out there. You don't ask white quarterbacks to play halfback. Just, just, I never thought Bill Poley and Tom Telesco, that was a good look for those two men. You know, I never did. So this to me, The 10th pick, the 30th pick, I would say this to you. That 10th pick is the one that I'm going to use to strengthen my offense, most likely, because that's the side of the ball. It's got to carry me back to the NFC title game. That side of the ball is your best side. The defensive side, I believe that's a luxury. The Eagles having that last year was a luxury that they were so good. Okay, now you have to have that offense because that defense is not going to be the same. It's just not. You're not going to have the same production. You don't even know what it looks like on a chalkboard yet. You're not replacing them with top flight free agents. Now, would Howie make a trade? Remember, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was not a free agent signing. That was a trade. I wasn't a free agent. He traded for him. Okay? Traded for him. Marinic goes, nothing in this draft would improve our offense. So, Marina, you're missing my point then, so let me make sure it lands where I'm going with it. You need depth in your O-line. You don't have it right now. Andre Dillard was a failure. And I had a problem with him because he was not flexible. Driscoll's fine. You're, you're, you're assuming that Cam Jurgens, who's never played in the NFL at guard in a regular season game, is going to be over there and he's going to perform like Isaac Sayamalo? That's what you're saying? Wishful thinking. Again, hope and potential are two words that you never want to have when you're building a roster in the NFL. Hope and potential. Because those are things you're not sure of. The O-line, in my opinion, for 2023... 
You notice I haven't brought Hertz up one time in this hour because Hertz isn't the conversation here. I think that there's two keys to the success of 2023 for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's how well that old line plays and how well Milton Williams and players behind Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis play. There's your key. Those are your keys. Milton Williams has to pick up his game. And I'm not saying he has to get, well, he does have to get better. But I'd like to see him play around 65% of the plays this year. He's got to beat out by the end of the year, Fletcher Cox. If, if you have competitive people like that, that means you had a great year. You've got to have that three-man rotation in there like you did a year ago. You actually had a four- or five-man rotation. Right now, you've got a one-man rotation. Think of that. Sue, Linville Joseph, Jordan Davis, Javon Hardgrave, Fletcher Cox. Dude, you could compare that to your old line. Those five interior defensive tackles, and still you were 16th against the run. Those five in the middle, now you're down to this. Fletcher, Jordan, and Milton. The rest of those guys on the roster are part of the 90-man to get to training camp. you got three dudes. You went from five to six players to three. You're cut in half. And you were still 16th. And now to boot, you've got a brand new linebacking core and safety core behind you. The middle of the defense is a concern for me, not only in rotation, in scheme and talent. Okay? That, to me, is the issue that you have. Everyone still says Cox take a shot. I, I, I don't. I, I think Fletcher, if he – look at what Fletcher had last year. He could come out of a ball game. Put Dominic Fletcher come out of the game. Put Linville Joseph in. Shit, Linville Joseph started a couple games. Gabe missed half the year. You've got to strengthen. Dude, you know, people aren't really looking at the D tackles and interior defensive line. Look at the talent you had that was productive. Hardgrave, 11 sacks. Shit, Fletcher had seven. Jordan Day was 13th pick. Sue and Linville Joseph were productive for 35, 36-year-old dudes. Milton Williams got better, according to Pro Football Focus. You had seven guys in there that were productive. You got three now. One you're hoping. One's older. That is a concern. That's a concern. Should It's a concern on March 22nd as you prepare for strategy for the draft. Okay? Sills, drafting a quarterback to sit for two years makes no sense. Not today. Not when you have an offense that you have to have carry your water for you. As this defense 
You see, defenses, it takes a little more time to mature. Well, I don't know what takes more time. Playing O-line, you know, you get better as an offensive lineman as you get older. Defensive linemen are traditionally good right away. See, that's what bothers me about Jordan Davis. Dude, D-linemen don't traditionally go like this. Boom. They're there now. O-linemen mature up, mature up, get better. Dude, Jason Kelsey's playing the best football of his career right now. And he's the older statesman on the team. There's so much more technique playing O-line. That's why. It's not about just brute strength when you play offensive line. Okay. I, I, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm okay. Again, my problem with Jalen Carter is decision-making. His game tape speaks to production. His game tape, plus Tracy Rocker coached him. Nicobe knows him. Jordan Davis. Plus you have Fletcher. Plus you have Brandon Graham. Plus you have Jalen Hurts. There's a culture that's set up in that building. There's a culture that's in that building. I got. I think Milton Williams is a key this year in the rotation. Okay, I think he's a key. He's got to be. Hey, I'll tell you this. By the end of the year, Milton Williams had more production and looked better than Jordan Davis did. Brandy Graham did take a time. I wasn't a fan of him his first five years. He he got he got better as he got older. He he did. He got better. But traditionally, you see guys like Aaron Donald. They flash right away. They get great. Dude, Jerome Brown flashed right away. Cortez Kennedy flashed right away. Warren Sat flashed right away. You you knew they were ball players. As soon as they stepped on a football field, you knew what you had. Okay? There wasn't sitting around hoping in the second year. When, when Jerome got to Philly, you knew he was an impact ball player. Okay? When, 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 he, when you're lining up next to Reggie, though, got to be fair to that too, right? <laughs> hey, you're lining up next to Reggie. Reggie make anybody look good with that hump move. Man, that hey, there's two moves in sports. There's two moves in sports that will never be duplicated. The sky hook and Reggie White's hump move on an offensive lineman. Those are two moves that will never be duplicated. <laughs> the sky hook and the hump move. <laughs> right? All right, I got to take a timeout. I want to go into Sean Desai. And I want to talk about him. Okay? Um, I Look, I love I'll, – I'll, I'll hit on it. Do me a favor. Don't forget, too, Doc, Doc Walker from the Washington Commanders, 530 Eastern, is going to join us. He's part of the broadcast team and sports talk guy up in D.C. My dear friend will talk about some of the teams that are in the NFC East. We're going to start with Washington. I think it's very interesting. I love the fact that Eric Bieniemy is now there. He'll join us in hour number three. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show, please hit the like button. Before we get into the second topic here, by the way, we're also going to look at the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I ranked them. I wrote down five players that I think could change the landscape of a football team that I think are going to be on the move here, okay? Um... Lamar Jackson, boy, if I'm the Jets, I do everything in my power to get away from the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Why would I want to give the Packers a first-round pick when the Packers have already told you they hate the guy? Why would I do that? I'd be negotiating against myself. Makes no sense. Let them cut the dude or do this. Go get Lamar. He's 25 years old. Lamar Jackson puts you in the conversation in the, in the AFC East to win it. Aaron Rodgers gives you one year. That guy gives you 10. 
is a first one first rounder for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay worth one year? Or is two first rounders and 50 million for Lamar Jackson worth 10 years of success? Man. I and then on the process, you make Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers have to come back and kiss and make up. I, I, I found the Jets. The Jets make, watch this. The Jets make you competitive against the Bills. You don't have a quarterback for the next 10 years like the Bills do. The Patriots are still trying to figure it out. I don't know, man. I think Rodgers is going to be a game changer if he goes to New York, but it's a year again. But I'm talking structurally in your organization. I just don't see it. I brought up D-Hop. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is going to change somebody's room. I'd love to have him in Philly, but you can't because they got two stars there. But DeAndre Hopkins is a superstar. Guy was on pace for 1,300 yards this year and 100 catches. I mean, he had... This guy had 65 catches in 10 games. You figure it out. I mean, (laughs) he was averaging 72 yards a game. You figure it out. This guy could still ball, man. He's still a ball player. He shot. Where? This guy's a Hall of Fame player, and he's at 30. He's a Hall of Fame player. To me, he's one of the best third-down wide receivers I have ever seen. Dude, my God almighty, if the Bears cared about Justin Fields, man, you could go get DeAndre Hopkins and put him up there. If you cared about him. You put DeAndre Hopkins on the Bears, you better do it now because quarterback is on a rookie contract. You can afford the guy, bring him up there. Man, (laughs) if you cared about Justin Fields, you go get that guy. Bears done a ton of moves, too. Right? Can you imagine DeAndre Hopkins in Denver? (laughs) Put DeAndre Hopkins in Denver with Judy and Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. That might look good. Hey, watch this. I, I, I could see DeAndre Hopkins in New Orleans on the other side of Michael Thomas. (laughs) <laughs> this guy, again, as I said, Odell Beckham Jr., dude, if you like TikTok like Ben Simmons and those two idiots, he's your guy. You want to win some games? You go get D-Hop. Okay? D-Hop's a great ball player. This kid, Judy, might make a difference. For some reason, Denver's floating his ass out there. Dude, I'm with you, Charlie. That's a hard pass on Odell Beckham. Hard pass. How about this guy? Look at these three guys I got here. Four guys so far. Lamar Jackson could change your entire franchise. Rodgers at least for a year, maybe two. D-Hop. Jerry Judy. How about this last guy? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. How many people think Derrick Henry shot? How many people think Derrick Henry shot? Okay. How many think Derrick Henry shot? You think Derrick Henry shot? 
Does anybody? Derrick Henry stats. <laughs> oh, my God. Boy, hey. So Peter says Derrick Henry shot, who had 1,538 yards and 13 touchdowns. Four yards a carry, he's 28. You think he shot with 1,500 yards? <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> hey, I'll say this to you. If you think Derrick Henry shot with 1,500 yards, Kenneth Gainwell is a nobody compared to Derrick Henry. The entire Philadelphia backfield is not in that guy's class. Combined. That guy. Okay, so what if you put Derrick Henry in Buffalo? How about Derrick Henry in Kansas City? Dude, you're Veach. You go to him and go, I'd like to go to the Super Bowl. You and, you and, you and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Man. Shit, if I'm Miami, I'd bring his ass to the Dolphins. Warm weather. Take some heat off of uh, Tua. Run the ball with him. Shit. With those receivers? <laughs> Night. Wait a minute. Can you see Derrick Henry in Miami? Behind Tug of Viola? So you have Derrick Henry, Waddle, and Tyree Kill, and a quarterback, if he could stay on the field, the Dolphins would be in a... Dude, the Dolphins would be trouble for anybody. Whoa. Derrick Henry's going to change your room, too. These five dudes are going to change somebody's team. What if Derrick Henry goes to San Francisco? You got Henry up there in San Francisco. Does it matter who your quarterback is? <laughs> Dude, go get Joe Montana. <laughs> Dude, go get Jim Drunkenmiller. Or Carmine Gar- uh, Garazzi or Carpazzi, whatever that guy's name was back in the day. Get Jim Drunkenmiller. <laughs> Dude, does it matter? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Yale goes, does he play quarterback? No, Christian McCaffrey can, though. <laughs> if we cared about running back's position, I would sign him in a heartbeat. I, but he's going to cost you some bucks, dog. But I'd rather do this. If I'm going to pay somebody $7 bucks. It's that dude. It ain't the dude I just sent to Carolina, right? <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, and and by the way, they haven't cut him yet. I don't think. Hey, um, Yale, they haven't cut him yet, right? So I mean, June one, I think they got to get all that money, and they got to get to the two forty four cap. They got to sit at the cap. At, I think it's June one that they got to do all that stuff. Jim Drunkenmiller. GG, remember that stiff? They had another guy. Carmine, what was that guy's name? Giovanni Carpazzi? What was that stiff's name? Hey, come on. Don't hide on me now, Niner guy. Who was that stiff? Carmine Giovanni? I forget. And dude, did I root for him so hard? He was a paisan. I hope (laughs) Carmazzi, that's it. Hey, I rooted for that guy. Come on, Paisan. Then I realized he blew, and I went, eh. <laughs> Dan Marino. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, Bill Walsh drafted that stiff. He did. 
He got lucky on Montana in the third. Totally got lucky on him. These three guys are going to change a room. Okay? Lamar's still under that, like, um, that peculiar franchise tag where teams can match and then the uh, Ravens have to match it. Do you understand this? How pissed off Lamar Jackson has to be now? Do you know if nothing happens and Lamar goes back to Baltimore, they're going to earmark him for $36 million. Dude, I don't know about you, but I'd be one pissed off dude. Okay, $36 million and Jalen's going to sign for 50. And I'd be like, the entire gamble that he put out there a year ago would have been a colossal disaster for him. I'm rooting for him. I want him to get his money. But if nobody comes to the table and puts those ones on the table and the 51 million, his gamble failed. It would be the same. Remember when Le'Veon Bell did that stupid shit with the uh, with the Steelers? He gambled. He sat out here, seventeen million. He might have thrown that money in the trash can and lit it on fire. Then he took less money to go to the Jets. And you're like, whoa, was that a colossal disaster, dude? I'm, I'm, hey, Lamar, man. If I'm him, I don't know if I'd play. I might sit that out. Okay, no way. $36 million for a guy who was looking at $200 million in guaranteed money and $50 million base, 36 on that non-exclusive franchise tag is not where I'm assuming he wants to be on March 22nd. <sighs> wow. <laughs> That's an F. <laughs> Dude, you go back to your mom and go, Mom, Mom, <laughs> it didn't work, Mom, like you told me it was. <laughs> mom, Mom, it didn't work. You told me it was going to be all better. <laughs> well, sorry, son, we blew it. <laughs> mom, we can't blow it. It's a quarter of a billion. It's a quarter of a billion dollars, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is when you and your mom go, hey, mom, you know, I'm going to have to take this to another guy. Okay? I'm going to have to take this to another guy. <laughs> okay? Yeah, man. My friend down the hall, he's got a law firm. We're going to go there. I don't know. Mom, this didn't work. Well, my son deserves I know. But this is business. All right, let's get over to the top, the other topic. I was, and I still am, in the camp that Sean Desai was a fantastic hire. I'm going to tell you a little bit more why I'm there with this. Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, some of the greatest defensive-minded guys. Um, the 49ers love this guy. He, he has and is, in my opinion, one of the future stars in this league. I think this guy's going to be a head coach one day. Okay? I think I think this I think this guy is going to be a head coach one day. I totally do. I still have debates on 
how it's going to look. And go with me here on this. Do you believe that Howie Roseman will put the right pieces and replace the pieces that have been lost? And guys, whatever you want to say, they lost five starters. Five starters. And I'm going to show you this. There wasn't a guy you lost that didn't get a massive pay increase. So this is just not you and me talking here. And whether or not you like the Gardner-Johnson deal or not, he did get $8 million plus 1.5 in incentives. This guy's got a shot to make almost $10 million, and he made eight hundred grand last year. TJ Edwards made $1.5 million. He's making seven. Kaiser White, one million. He's making five and a half. Epps got a raise with the Raiders. Hardgrave hit the lottery. So when you tell me you're going to re... Those guys were all thought of by the Raiders. Niners. Bears. Lions, other organizations thought these guys were quality players. Are you going to replace? Do you understand what I'm saying here? You're not just replacing okay guys. You're replacing very talented and highly compensated guys. Highly comp. Hey, this is not just, you can't just do this. The guy was overrated. That's not true. Organizations, they bid for these guys. And remember, like I told you, the first two weeks of free agency, that's where your stars are. When you get into, like, the latter half of the second week, there's not really a lot of dudes left. They're, they're like this Morrow kid. Okay? They're like guys like that. No disrespect to him. But they're guys like that. And quite frankly... This free agency market, I think there was about a week and a half worth of stars. And the rest of them, I'll tell you what, what they saw was also the market out there with the amount of money. Oh, look, you know, people say, well, there was no money out there. Well, that's Javon Hardgrave, dad. He's the third highest paid D tackle now. And every Eagle got a massive increase. You, your, your Eagle guys didn't get marginal increases. They got significant increases. Basically, what they got, they got deal. Even Bradbury got the deal he wanted in New York and Philly. Okay? Every one of these guys were highly compensated and were bid on. So, are you more concerned with the coordinator or with Howie? replacing the players you've lost. 85 goes, Hardgrave and CJ were the only real losses. That's not true, 85. And in the aspect, if you're ranking players, you're right. But you lost the collection. It wasn't one. It was seven. You're missing the point. Seven starters are off that team that all 
Miles Sanders, significant raise. Sayamalo, significant raise. Even Zach Pascal, significant raise. You're missing the point. All of these, it's a, dude, everyone loses players. Not everyone loses seven. Starting players who are highly compensated. It's the collection. So, again, are you more concerned with Howie finding guys or Sean Desai? By the way, didn't they just hire a brand-new defensive back coach uh, yesterday? So you got, like, five new coaches, a new coordinator on that side of the ball alone. I don't think Brian Johnson's going to be that much of a difference. We'll see in games – um, situational play calling, how much that changes with him. I don't, it really, it's up to Jalen, really, in an RPO offense. So I'm not I'm not losing sleep on that side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, shit, I don't even know what the thing looks like on a chalkboard yet. I have no idea. By the way, the whole thing with Jordan Davis, that's not the conversation. Are you more concerned about how we replacing and finding – dude, Getting Hassan Reddick. You think how he's going to duplicate? I guess the question, I should simplify it. You think he's going to duplicate what he did a year ago? You know, it's funny. I don't know why, but on March 10th of 2022, I thought you were going to the Super Bowl. I don't know why. I'm going to have to go back and maybe listen to that. Why I thought that. Maybe because there were just veteran guys. Because I knew who Kaiser White was. Tom Telesco, I talked to Tom. He didn't want to let him go. He said, that dude's a tackling machine. We just don't have the finances for it. Dude, they can't. They're having they're having problems right now trying to keep Keenan Allen and Mike Davis. Or um, um, Mike Williams. They're having problems keeping those two guys. And they want to keep those. They just got rid of Eckler. Okay. Was May 10th? Okay. I thought it was March 10th. Do you have more issues with the coordinator or the GM trying to find? By the way, this goes right down how we shoot. He's really good on veterans. He's great on veterans, man. Drafting? I don't know. You know, we've, we've had that debate, not walking back over that. The side was awful in Chicago. Really? Robert Quinn had 18 sacks when he was there. Quarterbacks have sucked in Chicago since McMahon. Oh, wait. Rex Grossman, excuse me. He did get the team to the Super Bowl. Hey, Rex Grossman got the Bears to the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. (laughs) Rex Grossman. So when somebody always tells me, you know, it's funny because I get people over on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio. Hey, Sills, um, Jalen got the team to the Super Bowl. I'm like, yeah, Rex Grossman got the Bears to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay. And I'm not suggesting that Rex Grossman had the kind of season Jalen did, but careful on that one. I can name you a ton of shit quarterbacks that took teams to Super Bowls. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, really. Sales, do you think B. John Robinson will be as good as Eric Dickerson? <sighs> Dude, Eric Dickerson is the best running back I've ever played against. It, it's my crowning achievement. I, I, I hit, get this. I post it every now and then. I should post it again on my Twitter page. I will. It's me knocking his helmet off. I crush him. And then he turned around and went for 197 yards. <laughs> Dude. ED, man, was one of my favorite people, man. I wanted to go to SMU, honestly. I almost went to SMU because of him, man. He was such a great football. He's the best running back I've ever played against. I played against Ironhead, Walter Payton, a bunch of them dudes, uh, Herschel Walker, Bo. This guy's the best I've ever seen. Eric Dickerson was... And to say B. John Robinson's going to be in Eric Dickerson's league, here, let me just let me just put this in perspective to you. Eric Dickerson's first year, he went for 1844. Then the next year, he went for 2105. <laughs> His first two years, he went for four grand. Look it up. Guy went for 2105. His second season in the league. And his first year, I think he went for 1814 or some shit. 1844. Had four grand, four grand in two years rushing in the NFL. Absolutely insane. He was an insane ball player. That's when running backs were premiums back then. He was so freaking good, dude. After this year, with all the veteran signings, we're going to have to really be. It can, hey, Tone, can you put that up there for me, please? I want to make sure I get the guys. Um, um, his super chat up there. Thank you. After this year, with all the veteran signing, we're going to be really young on defense next year, mainly because we have to sign the quarterback. Eagle Way, that's why I said, okay, maybe with that 10th pick, you move down and out, and you take, unless Jalen Carter or the edge rushers, Will Anderson, and Tyree Wilson are there. Those three guys might keep me in the 10 hole. Xander wants to move up and get Will. Dude, Will's the best defensive football player Nick Saban's ever had. Michigan State, um, LSU, and Alabama. He's the best player he's ever coached defensively. I would say, is he the best player he's ever coached in his entire coaching career? I don't know if Plexico Burris was up there at Michigan State when he was there. I'm trying to think. Is, is Will Anderson the greatest player Knicks ever coached? Derrick Henry, probably. The, the, kid, the kid at Atlanta, too, was awful good. He, he, he was awful good, too. Um, he, he was good. Played with the Bucks this last year. Dante Hightower was good, but he's not like these two guys. Okay. I probably think it's Henry. Derrick Henry's probably his best player. Derrick Henry's going to the Hall of Fame. Okay. He's he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. Just a great football player. Okay. So I would probably say Henry and then this kid Anderson. We have to see how he plays out. Uh, Julio Jones has got it. It's Julio Jones or Derrick Henry. 
Those are the two guys. Okay. Charlie says, Sills, what do you think about Brown's comment? Does it hold water? I don't know what the comment was. Um, AJ McCarron. <laughs> Tell you what, he's got a great looking girlfriend. Okay, so that's kind of my take on it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about the personnel that they're going to put on this team. I think the side could draw up anything he wants on a chalkboard. End of the day, you know, I think it's going to be about the personnel that how he puts on the field. I think that I think the Sean Desai hire is great, but how he's got to retool this thing. Okay. He's got to retool it. All right. I want to do something here now. I want to do it. And you tell me, I want to show you how important it is for the Eagles to have their quarterback situation today on March 22nd kind of resolved. And the reason I put that parentheses around kind of resolved, because today it seems comfortable that you're comfortable with the quarterback that you have. The same way you did going into the 2018 season. The two years that you have had where you feel comfortable at quarterback are 2018 and 2023, right? You feel comfortable with Wentz going in after the Super Bowl year. And there was probably some reservations on whether or not Foles should have got the team, but that's a different conversation. So the Eagles, since Carson Wentz, have had the luxury of not worrying about the quarterback position where they felt completely sold was 2023 and 2018. Okay? Wentz was coming off an MVP season. He finished second also. Again, we're not litigating and trying to revise history here. We're going for what it was then and is now. Not talking about who's the better quarterback, not talking about who's the better man, not talking about who's the better, none of that. I'm talking about the Eagles' place as they head into this offseason. Okay? That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And Ray goes, Wentz was coming off an injury, and you still gave him a contract extension. Again, we're not litigating this again. We've talked this at nauseum. But you feel comfortable. I want to show you how many programs, okay, are in need of quarterbacks. I have the pre, 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 far, 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 way too early quarterback rankings heading into the NFL draft, okay, and still with some free agency here. Arthur goes, don't do it, Dan. I think you'll be pretty cool with it. I put Gardner Minshew as the worst quarterback that's going to start potentially. Now, again, I think the Colts are drafting a quarterback. But let me show you how pathetic this is. Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback in Indy. <laughs> Watch this. Um, you think they need a quarterback? Number 31, Desmond Ryder in Atlanta. Think they need a quarterback? 
The Jets. They got rid of the kid White. I think they sent him to Miami. Zach Wilson. <laughs> so look at Colts, Jets are the worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And you know what? I wouldn't have a problem with you changing any one of these guys up. Okay? Houston, David Mills. <laughs> these are starting quarterbacks. Dude, aren't Hey, before I continue, if you're if you're Houston, the Jets or Atlanta or the Colts, why wouldn't you sign Cam Newton? I mean, I don't care if he's got a chicken noodle arm. He's better than those guys. Jesus. And he'd make you relevant. Jesus, man. I just named you four teams with four stiffs. Dude, Cam's got to be looking at this going, are you kidding me? Dude, did you, did you hear the comment that San Francisco was talking to Ben Roethlisberger at coming in and playing football? In 2022, after the quarterback got hurt, the 49ers, John Lynch, picked up the phone and called Ben Roethlisberger. Dude, that may have been – they probably called Phillip Rivers too. Okay, they probably called Phillip Rivers. Right? Wait a minute. Joseph goes, Cam Chicken Noodle Arm. David Mills, Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew. Oh, I'm sure those guys belong on the chicken arm uh, ranch as well. Don't you think, Joseph? Joseph, if I'm putting a chicken arm ranch together and you want to put Cam on it, that's one thing. But these other four guys, don't they belong on the farm too? <laughs> hey, we got a whole farm full of chicken arm quarterbacks. What's their names? David Mills, Cam Newton. Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, and Gardner Minshew. What, what do they all have in common? Well, one doesn't start, and the other are starters in the NFL. <laughs> Dude, okay. Wait, who's next? Nate Peterman? <laughs> Wait, they got another one. Baker, number one overall pick. Mayfield is a starting quarterback in Tampa. So here's your... From 32 to 28, Gardner Minshew, Desmond Ritter, Zach Wilson, as of today, David Mills, Baker Mayfield. Those are your starting quarterbacks. They're starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Every one of those teams need a new guy. Kyle Trask? I hope. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Hey, dude, he probably fits in really – Hey. Baker Mayfield probably fits in really good with the old folks down in Tampa. Progressive night? Then you're going to have like oxygen mask night or stripper pole night there at Raymond James. It's one or the other. Trust me. <laughs> Kenny Pickett. I got 27th. Pittsburgh. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. Look at these guys. Washington, we're going to talk to Doc Walker in 5.30 Eastern time, part of the broadcast team for the Commanders. Jacoby Brissett, I actually like Jacoby Brissett. Frank won some ball games with him when he was in Indianapolis. I like Jacoby. Won games up in um, 
New England? I think he's a pro's pro. Is he a top flight quarterback? No. But I'll tell you, you know, one thing you've got to give Belichick credit for, he drafted Mac Jones, who starts, Jacoby Brissett, who starts, Jimmy Garoppolo, who starts, and he drafted the GOAT. Belichick drafted all those quarterbacks. Can you name me a NFL head coach that drafted all quarterbacks that started like that almost simultaneously at the same time? Last year, he had five guys or four guys that he drafted were starting on NFL teams that he drafted in New England. That's pretty remarkable. He may suck at picking wideouts, but he could pick a quarterback. Okay? He could – Matt Castle, too. That's right, dude. Matt Castle never started it down at Southern Cal. He sat behind Matt Leinart and Carson Palmer, and he won 11 ball games when Brady got hurt. Then he won a division title in Kansas City. Got a contract extension, too. This guy knows quarterbacks. That he was able to do all that. I mean, Matt Castle never started a down at USC. Ever. I got Mac Jones at 25. Jared Stinham, too, huh? This guy's nuts at quarterback. He gets it. I wonder why. He's a defensive. You know, everyone's ripping Belichick because of that shit show he had a year ago. They're calling him overrated. Well, this guy drafts starting quarterbacks, and they all play. This guy drafts quarterbacks to start. I mean, there's certain organizations. Look at the Jets. The Jets can't get one quarterback right. You got to go into free agency and find a 39-year-old old guy and give up a one for him because you can't get the QB spot right. They've The last time they got the quarterback spot right in the draft in New York has to be Chad Pennington. Has to be. That's the last time the Jets got that position kind of right. Belichick can draft a quarterback. He gets it. Hey, greatest defensive-minded coach in the history of the National Football League has drafted five starters. Is is insane. Yeah, you're not going to hear people giving him credit for it. But the GOAT knows how to – the GOAT knows how to get them. The Jets. GG. The Jets, remember? Fireman Ed. (laughs) This is probably unfair. I got Russell Wilson at 24. I think Russell Wilson is going to have a great turnaround year with Sean Payton. I do. But he was so terrible. And what I, the reason I put him at 24 down here is because his teammates didn't like him. Boy, I was shocked. His teammates didn't like him. And I don't know, man. Do I look, watch this. Do I think he can get Denver to the playoffs? I do. But boy, he, ha- I mean, I have never seen a quarterback go from like this to that. I mean, he like fell off a cliff. I couldn't believe how far he fell and how bad he was. I mean, 
I got him at 24. Get this. I got Andy Dalton ranked ahead of him. Probably, probably not cool. Andy Dalton beat the Eagles. I mean, Andy Dalton's got a winning record. Do I think Andy Dalton's better than Russell Wilson? No. Russell Wilson had one of the worst years I've ever seen a quarterback had that you pay $300 million to. I mean, look, I, and I think Wilson has a chance to fly up this list. You got Ryan Tannehill at 22. Dude, look at this shit. Outside of Russell Wilson, from the 20s, from 22 to 32, look at the bottom 10 quarterbacks. Tannehill, Dalton, Wilson, Mac Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew. These are the guys on the depth chart right now that are starting in buildings. Bottom 10 quarterbacks are terrible. Russell Wilson excluded. Well, where where would you put Tannehill? Got him at 22. Ryan Tannehill has won a boatload of games at Tennessee. I got Jimmy G at 21. Vegas Raiders. I got Brock Purdy at 20. Brock Purdy, for the time he was on the field, was good. There's two players on this list that have a chance of moving in either direction. I think it's Russell Wilson and Brock Purdy. Purdy could fall down to where these guys are, down where the Gardner Minshews are, or he could continue to rise. He did win. Brock Purdy was one and one in the playoffs. Actually, was he two and one? <clears throat> I forget. Was he two and one in the playoffs? He had to play the wild card round. Then he had to play the, the divisional round. So he's two and one in the playoffs. Beat the Cowboys too. I mean, I mean his his first time in the playoffs, he was pretty good. He got hurt. We'll never know what it would have been in the NFC Championship game. We'll never know. Okay? But his first – how about this? His first time in the playoffs versus Jalen's first time in the playoffs, night and day. Purdy was really good. And he beat a Cowboy team that hung 40 on the Eagle number two ranked defense. I mean, some always go like this. Well, Jalen didn't play in that game. Well, guess what? Jalen don't play corner. Jalen doesn't play defensive line. Dak threw for 78% completion percentage against that defense. And Jonathan Gannon, whatever it is with Dak, I don't know what it is with Dak and the Eagles, man. He he owns it. I got Matthew Stafford at 19. I'm starting to think that we're starting to see the end of him. You know what's funny? After he won the Super Bowl, people barking and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm like, not happening. Matthew Stafford's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. If Phil Simms isn't, that guy clearly is not. Matthew Stafford, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Do you really think? Get this. He's going to get some love for it. 
Who would you rather have as a career, Matthew Stafford or Philip Rivers? Who who do you, who do you think? Who would you have? Had, who would you rather have quarterback your team, Philip Rivers or Matthew Stafford? And, and and no, Matthew Stafford's had Cooper Cup and Megatron. I'd rather have Rivers. Rivers, in my opinion, is a better quarterback than Eli Manning. He's a better quarterback than Eli. You're trying to tell me you don't think if Phillip would have stayed in New York, he wouldn't have put up the same shit that Eli did? I do. I like Phillip Rivers, man. By the way, your boy in New- your boy in Philly reveres him. Your boy in Philly, Nick Sirianni, gives Jalen Hurts game tapes of Phillip Rivers. He studies Phillip Rivers more than any quarterback that Sirianni's ever coached. Do you know that? He doesn't study Lamar Jackson. He doesn't study Tom Brady. He studies Phillip Rivers. He said it himself. He watches game tape after game tape of Phillip Rivers. And how Phillip Rivers. I should post that picture of me and Phillip. I love the guy. I'm a big Philip Rivers guy. By the way, coached by his dad in high school. He's a high school coach now. I believe in Alabama or North Carolina. I think it's Alabama. Okay? This guy watches game tape after game tape of Philip Rivers. He said so himself on that Monday night. Get together with the Mannings. They asked him because they thought that he'd be watching some of the dual threat guys. He goes, no, I watch Philip Rivers. I was actually taken by that, but it made sense because Frank Wright and Nick Sirianni all worked together with Philip in San Diego for Mike McCoy, who, by the way, Mike McCoy now works for guess who? Doug Peterson. All these guys are Doug Peterson guys. Okay. They're Doug. It's funny. Frank's a Doug Peterson guy. Sirianni worked for Mike McCoy. You know, it's funny. It probably goes back to Mike McCoy, who I thought was a shithead coach with the Chargers. Okay? Imagine that. See, most of you don't know that. That Jalen Hurd studies Phillip Rivers. Okay? He studies Philip Rivers. Dude, Philip Rivers had Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, LaDainian Tomlinson on that 14 and 2 team. And they fired Marty Schottenheimer. You want to know what a shit organization the Chargers are? That's it in a nutshell. Man, if I'm Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. So get this the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the Chargers are Dan Fouts, Phillip Rivers. They never went past their conference championship games. And who was the quarterback that took them to the Super Bowl? They got killed by the Niners in the Super Bowl. Who was that guy? He was some nobody. I think he played in Washington a little bit. Who was that dude that was the quarterback that took the Chargers to the Super Bowl? I mean, it was just an off dude. And you had Dan Fouts and Phillip Rivers. This guy, Justin Herbert. Stan Humphreys. That's it. Stan Humphreys. Stan Humphreys took the Chargers to the Super Bowl. 
Bobby Ross. Good night. I got Justin Fields at 18. There's something about the kid that I like. There's something about the kid I like. You know, I I, I I like him. I just don't see it. I mean, maybe if they get him a, a, a big-time wideout like DeAndre Hopkins, he works so hard, and you root for that. I think you do. He works so hard. He's really trying to be an elite guy. I don't give a shit about the rushing yards. I don't. I could care less. Got him hurt in the end, as usual. Dual threat. Got him hurt in the end. Wore him out. No help in the O-line. The Bears are, you know what? I'll tell you this. Let me ask you this about, uh, about Justin Fields. If Justin Fields had come to Philly, do you think he'd be showing the same progress that Jalen Hurts has shown? Better coaching? Do you, do, you, do you think Fields would be further along if he didn't get drafted to Chicago? Well, here, let me, let me do this. There's a reason Josh Allen got better. Yeah, Brian Dable around him. Okay? He's got great coaching around him. It's the best time he's ever had coaching. He never had coaching in Wyoming. Wyoming? This guy was recruited by one Division I program. Do you know Josh Allen had to beg teams to try to give him a scholarship and only one team gave him a full ride, and that was Wyoming Cowboys. Only one team gave him a scholarship. Wyoming. I mean, he got terrible coaching there. He got great coaching in Buffalo. That's why he's making $44 million now, $42 million. Just wonder, see, to me, I just wonder where Fields would be if he had gone to a place like Kyle Shanahan. If that would have been something different. I'm rooting for him. He's at 18. I got Tug of Viola here at 17. I could go either way. Here, here, here. Look, my take on Tua, he doesn't have a very strong arm. He's accurate. He's brittle. He's smart. He's a good dude. Team likes him. Players like him. And I agree with Tyreek Hill. He's probably more accurate than Mahomes. But he's he's not Mahomes. Well, Tyreek Hill broke all kinds of career records, though. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought Tyreek Hill was going to take a step back because I thought Tua was a lesser of a quarterback. Tyreek Hill had career record numbers for him. So he didn't take a step back. He actually upped his, elevated his game. Quarterback had to get him the ball. So just to, to, there's too many negatives against him. Constantly hurt. And just, I mean, the littlest thing takes him out for weeks. You cannot build a championship franchise in my opinion, around a guy who gets hurt and is out of the lineup. You just can't. I think that was one of the knocks on Miles Sanders. 
Sanders is a fine talent. Can you really rely on him? Man, sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's Casper the ghost. And, and plus, let me, let me say this to you too about Tua here. I got him at 17. I'm ranking the top 32 quarterbacks. If you're a coach, do you feel comfortable putting him on the field knowing that that could be something serious if he ends up getting hurt? Let's do something as men here. Do you feel comfortable putting that guy in a position where he could be injured permanently? Man, that is a – dude, when I'm coaching somebody, I don't want to feel I'm going to kill him if I put him in a game. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel like I could kill the kid. I don't, I, I, as an organization, general manager, head coach, quarterback coach, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to be put in that position. Barbara goes like this, two is a good guy. I hope he stays. See, but Barbara, should a coach have that mentality? Man, I love the kid. I hope he's safe out there today. Do you, because you know why, Barbara? Here's something to think about. Do you put him in a position where he can get hit? Is your play calling called differently? Are you more apprehensive in your situational play calling because you may hurt the kid? I don't want to have that in my headset when I'm calling plays against the Bills. Jesus, man, do I like if I'm Ken Dorsey, I got my headsets on. Shit, man, do I run an RPO right here? What if he gets hit? What if he gets hot? I mean, you know what I mean? That's the plays. No coach should be or player should be put in a position like that Dan do you think the NFL is starting to become unbalanced because of the pay of the quarterbacks I do it's the quarterbacks and everybody else you know what's funny Lamar Jackson is really the only quarterback I've seen have a contract dispute right no quarterback has contract disputes anymore they all get paid Kyler Murray didn't have one. He cried a little bit. He raised his stupid-ass social media. All the dumb things kids do today. Well, you know, because my social media, you know. Social media. The outhouse wall of social media. It's a message. It works, though. <laughs> it totally works. You could create a complete narrative. Do you know that? Do you know that 16% of the United States of America is on Twitter? And yet the idiots on Twitter have a voice that somehow supersedes reality. Makes no sense. Because if it's on social media, I mean, my daughter looks at it like it's water and air. Must be true. It's there. Okay. <laughs> Hear the greatness. Daniel Dimes Jones at 16. I think this guy's a bum. But he did improve. And they are getting him help. If DeAndre Hopkins goes there, that could be scary. They're starting to put some pieces around that diamond, that, that Dimes Jones dude. Okay? And they have to have some confidence in him to give him the money that they gave him. Okay? I got Deshaun Watson at 15. You talk about a quarterback that has pressure on him. I don't know if there's a quarterback in the NFL that has any more pressure than this guy. 230 million reasons why he's got pressure on him. Hoss, you can't just win games. You got to get to the AFC title game. You got to justify that money. 
you know, you get kind of a hall pass last year. You ain't got any more. That shit's over with. I've never seen a guy get more hall passes than Deshaun Watson. Okay, you're over the allegations. Okay. They, everybody gave you kind of the hall pass because you were out. Okay. You're before initial. Okay. Dude, you, you better get that team to the AFC championship game. Getting them to the playoffs is not justified $230 million in guaranteed money. You better get your ass to that game and you better be close to winning that bitch. Like Deshaun Watson has to beat Mahomes. Deshaun Watson has to beat Herbert and Burrow. And he's got to be considered that, not the 14th ranked quarterback on Big Sills' list. Hey, if this guy was making $175 million and, you know, 90 guaranteed, and he's like the rest of these stiffs. He's like Dak. <laughs> okay. That's one thing. Get a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed. Bro, you got to win. And you got to win big. Neil goes, not happening. Well, Neil, most of those $40 million and north of those $40 million deals don't win. 90% of those big money deals don't win. Hey, Neil, you're going to be in that conversation soon too, whether it wins or not, with Jalen's contract. Outside of Mahomes, the big money quarterbacks don't take you to Super Bowls. I can't wait to the day. What, let me see. Has there been a quarter? Has there been a Super Bowl that we've seen in recent time with two quarterbacks? We're over $45 million. Has there been? Has there been? Let me finish my list. I want to continue that. I want to reset. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, Injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Doc Walker, part of the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders and does a sports talk show, I believe, on WTEM. He's been there forever. Great rivalry games with the Eagles back in the days. Played against Jerome and all those guys. Is on the broadcast team for the Washington Commanders, and we will talk to him and get his takes. You know, we... We started the show off talking about, you know, the draft picks, the positioning, the philosophy on what they're going to have to go. I think priorities clearly have changed for the Eagles and what they're going to be looking at. We're in the midst right now of doing the top 32 quarterbacks, just showing you how important it is. Look at look at where we were this time last year. If you're talking Eagles, you still you were still in the conversation of is Jalen Hurts the guy? It's funny how people forget that. 12 months ago, from today, everybody in here was saying this, including the general manager, including the GM, is Jalen the guy? That's why he went out and got two ones. Two ones were to see if they were going to be in the conversation for one of these four quarterbacks that are going to be in the draft. That conversation's not here this year. And it just shows you, like the quarterbacks I've named, all the way, where, where, where did we stop at? We stopped at Watson. This is from 15 down, Watson, Cleveland. Daniel Jones. Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Fields at 18, Stafford 19, Purdy 20, Garoppolo 21, Tannehill 22, Dalton 23, Russell Wilson 24, probably too low, Mac Jones 25, Jacoby Brissett 26, Pickett 27, Baker Mayfield Tampa 28, Davis Mills 29, Zach Wilson 30. Now, again, this is before the draft. Jets, 30. Desmond Ritter, 31. Gardner Minshew, Colts, 32. I mean, look at this. Those are very substandard quarterbacks outside of Wilson. And Stafford, probably. 
that are not coming on. Look, how many from 15 down are coming off of great years? Think of that. Look at this. How many quarterbacks that I just named are coming off of great years? Purdy is probably the best. From 15 to 32. Not one of these guys had a good year. That shows you how bad the QB play is. Okay? I got Kyler Murray, 14. Here's my issue with Murray. Uncoachable and hurt. Jonathan Gannon's got to get around two things that suck the most at that position. Uncoachable and hurt. That's who you gave 46.1 million bucks to. Uncoachable and hurt. Okay. Uncoachable and hurt. I get there card 13. I think he helps New Orleans. I think New Orleans wins that division. Alvin Kamara. The kid from Ohio State. From a year ago. Was a good ball player. Their defense is pretty good. I don't really like their coach per se, but I actually like Derek Carr was not terrible with the Raiders. The Raiders are a terrible organization. I think they need a new head coach. Dennis Allen, he sucked everywhere he goes. Here's another can here's another conversation. How does Dennis Allen get another opportunity when he just has been terrible? Right? Bianami can't even get a sniff job when it comes to coaching in the NFL. And Dennis Allen gets two. He sucks. Dude, don't be shocked if you see this happen. Watch Matt Nagy. You know what? You, you want to know where you could start really raising hell on something? If Matt Nagy is there in Kansas City for two years and he gets a job again to be a head coach, and Bianami was there a decade and couldn't, then you'll know what all you need to know. And you don't have to ask the question any longer about promoting African-Americans to the head coaching job. You won't have to, you barely have to ask that now. You watch Matt Nagy get another shot. You watch. Hey, he's going to go there and they're going to go, whoa, look at, and he's going to be doing the same shit that Eric Bannemi did. <laughs> you, I, dude, this is written all over that they're going to raise holy hell. Or that may hurt his chances at getting another job. Because then someone will go, we can't get that guy a job, man. Bannamy was there 100 years. Couldn't get a sniff. You give him a job after two years, you watch. You watch, man. Remember I said that. Number 12, we're starting to get into the top 10. I got Jared Goff here. This pains me. But he played well last year. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won an NFC title. I mean, when it comes to resumes, again, you know, you want to compare him to Jalen? What's he done more than Jalen? He was in a, I mean, he, he turned the Lions around. He's making them think whether or not to draft a quarterback. 
I mean, I guess the Rams got the better end of it because they won a Super Bowl. But why do I feel the Lions are one of the teams in the NFC to beat this year? And he's part of the reason. Look, don't 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 get crazy here and go, Sills, you're telling me you'd rather have Jared Goff than Jalen Hurts? No, 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 not. It's just he's building a pretty good career here. I don't know. I just every time you think this guy's out, all of a sudden Detroit's and by the way, would we not agree the first game of the year that the Eagles played? was one of the more competitive games that they played versus the Lions. They almost lost that game. I mean, right? That 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 turned out to be, if you go down the whole 17 games, that turned out to be one of the harder games of, of the year for them. Just, John goes, we already know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't believe it that Jared Goff's the 12th best. I just, but he's, what's the word? Yeah, who used the word resilient? I, I guess that's it more so than anything. Um, Yeah, running. Hey, and by the way, Jamison Williams is healthy now. And dude, that's after dumping the tight end who went to Minnesota. I don't know. I look. Detroit's doing some good shit up there, man. They're they're better with Gardner Johnson. They're better with Gardner Johnson back there, dude. Could you see Derrick Henry going to Detroit and running the ball with them with Swift and him? Oh, wow. I mean, you would be pretty formidable. I don't know, man. I I think Detroit's going to be a they're going to be a tough team to play against. Hey, don't forget Doc Walker, bottom of the hour. Here's another guy I got a problem with because, by the way, you guys have convinced me. But Kirk Cousins, man, dude, Kirk Cousins put up again great numbers. They won a bunch of games. But every single time the spotlight's on that guy, he is like butter in a frying pan. I have never seen a guy more in my life wilt in moments than this guy. I've never seen it. And you know what? He has got monster numbers. I I would not be shocked if Kirk Cousins, when he's said and done, has over 60,000 passing yards in his career. I I, I will not be shocked if he's over 60,000 because he just puts up these, put them up in Washington and he put them up and he is in Minnesota. I mean, every time, though. Dude, they don't beat the Bills unless a bonehead play by Allen. Empty calorie stats when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Empty calorie stats. A guy that I really gave a lot of credit to. By the way, I'm ranking the top 32. Um, Geno Smith, man, he's... I got Gino a 10. I here here here's here's my question for him going into 23. I hope Gino does it again. 
I hope he does it again, puts another MVP-type season together. Statistically, he outperformed Jalen. There's really not a... He led the NFL in completion percentage, more passing um, more passing yards. I think he had more touchdowns, more completions. I mean, he, he theoretically had, had a better stat line in him. Got his team to the playoffs. Not saying that he was just as important. Well, he was. He was Geno Smith. Who would have thunk it that Seattle was better without Russell Wilson and better with Geno Smith? But again, here, here, here's with Geno. I want to see it again. I want to see it again. Okay. I hope, and by the way, I so hope he's a South Florida kid. I went to West Virginia. I again I'm 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 I I, I want to see it again. Okay, John, that's right. Jalen had less interceptions. Every other stat line he beat him in. At nine, I I got Dak. Why? I just I think we're running out of quarterbacks here. I got Dak here. Dak owns the NFC East. He owns it. Look at his one loss record against the East. He kills everybody in the East. Everyone else, playoffs. Massive issues and interceptions last year. Dude, 45 million bucks. No way. However, I do think Dallas is having a great offseason this year. I do. I think I think Dak, I, I think the Cowboys are having a really good offseason. Added some components on defense, added some folks on offense. Do I think they get D Hop? Can you imagine DeAndre Hopkins and CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and that Dallas offense along with Tony Pollard? That's pretty formidable. DeAndre Hopkins could change that, could change that offense. In CD Lamb would benefit so much having DeAndre Hopkins in Dallas. You know, you get rid of Zeke, you take that off the books. Do you have enough money? And do you surrender equity? What would what would Arizona? Because right now it would be a trade still. But if they got DeAndre Hopkins, the Cowboys, man. I believe that that would be a better wide receiving core than what you have. Hopkins, Lamb, Brandon Cooks. I do. Those are three collectively. Is AJ better than DeAndre Hopkins? Probably by a smidge. Um, CD Lamb, I do think that they're kind of close between Devontae, but Brandon Cooks. Would be the third better. You don't. Your Quez Watkins blows. So as a group, I think I, I, as a group, as a three man group versus your two man group, use the math. Okay, three versus two. And Pollard, you can line up in the slot, and he's really great catching passes. You don't have anybody like that. Again, this is all going to come down to Dakota Prescott. And I don't know. 
Okay. I got Aaron Rodgers at eight. Packers or Jets, whatever. 39. You, here, Aaron Rodgers, 39 and full of shit. You know, I'm so sick of this guy. However, his, his down year is as good as any quarterbacks that play in the NFL, which is insane. His bad years are great years to guys. His numbers are off the charts. He's a first ballot. I think he's going to come back and have a better year, depending. If he has to go back to the Packers, that'll be an interesting dynamic if he has to go there. Anybody who says that Aaron Rodgers is washed up is just ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. Okay? Quarterbacks today aren't washed up. You don't hit them. You could be, there's a reason 40-year-old quarterbacks and quarterbacks today play consecutive games. Why? Because they don't hit them. 11, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I hey hey hang hey tone hang on for a second. Hang on for a second, everybody. Got to make sure Doc <laughs> is in is in control because he's doing his radio show right now and he's gonna jump aboard with us here. So just want to double check. Um. At number seven, I got Trevor Lawrence here. I think from week 11, I think from the last 11 weeks of the season, I think he was the best quarterback in the NFL. He, he was spectacular. I think he was spectacular. Way to go, Doug. You turn that guy around. Okay, I think Trevor Lawrence has got a great future. And the things that we saw about Trevor Lawrence, um, I think that without a doubt, Trevor Lawrence has a bright future ahead of him and all the stuff we saw at Clemson. I think he's one of the best quarterback prospects I've ever seen come out of college. He's got all the intangibles to be a superstar. And with the coaching and an adult in the building, Trevor Lawrence, get this, I think the Jaguars over the next 10 years – they could win as many as six or seven division titles with him. This guy's a future face of the league. At number six, I got Justin Herbert. I know. You talk about a guy who puts up a ton of numbers. You know what? And I got to tell you guys, I watched him play live. And... I saw him at SoFi and I met him personally. I've posted pictures of me and him together. I cannot believe how enormous he is. He's six, seven and a half, almost six, eight. He's 260 pounds. He is a monster dude. What an elite passer of the football. The problem when you get into that kind of position, you turn into Dan Marino, meaning this, you think you can make every, you try to throw footballs 
you know, through through like a closet door, and you you're so in love with your arm. But Justin Herbert, man, he, he's as big as it gets. He he is some. He is a good looking talent. I like him a lot. At number five, ranking the top 32 quarterbacks as we sit here on March 22nd. I got Lamar Jackson here. And the reason I don't have Lamar higher, the injuries. The injuries. I I just think the injuries to me. Um, I love everything about him, the way he carries himself, the leader he is. I do, and I agree with you guys. I hated last year for him. The, the, the negotiations got in the way of his passion, which is football. Okay? I hated it. You know? I, I just, I really hated, and I hate it right now, where it is for him. He loves the game so much. And, and, and by the way, he loves the game so much. It's got to be killing him. But here, he's so loyal to his family. And by the way, I hate when anybody rips him for having his mom rep him. You know why he's having his mom rep him? Can I? T- okay, guys. Do you understand why he has his mom rep him? If he gets $250 million... Guaranteed. She gets $25 million for repping him. Or no, half of that. She gets $15 million. That would be the fee. He's trying to set her up. Don't rip him for it. I'm with you. But dude, he's trying to set his mom up. His mom never had anything. I know the family. Relax. Okay? Relax. He's trying to set his mom up. You know, instead of him handing her money, he's trying to set his mom up. You got a problem with that? I hate people who have a problem with that. And don't know the kid. Because you know why? You talk shit from 75,000 feet and you don't know really who the guy is. I know this kid. Okay? Is it? Is it... Is it the best way to go? No. He's trying to set his mom up. <clears throat> I hope he resolves this soon. Top 32 quarterbacks. I got Hurts at four. Um, last year, I looked at it. I had Jalen Hurts at 18. He's now four and rising. Do I think it's close? And the third guy is Josh Allen. And do I think, by the way, Josh Allen is a more superior passer than Jalen will ever be. But Jalen's getting better. And here's the two. Here's the difference. And here's the positives and negatives for both. 
Allen's a better quarterback with throwing the ball. Just a better quarterback. Just all you have to do is use your eyeballs. However, Jalen's smarter. Here's the other thing. Jalen is not as reckless. Jalen's a smarter player. I think Josh Allen is a more gifted player. Just like I think Brady is not as gifted as Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady does not have the physical attributes that Aaron Rodgers has. He doesn't. Rodgers is more accurate. Rodgers throws a better football. Rodgers is a better athlete. All of that. Who's the better quarterback? It's Brady. So, could Jalen? And, and by the way, I'm not the only one that thinks this. You ask anybody outside of Philadelphia what they think between Allen and Jalen Hurts, it, it, it's, it's a non-starter. However, again, who's going to win more games? I say this to you. Dual threat? There's a better chance of Josh Allen missing more time than Jalen Hurts is currently on the paths that they're both on. Because why? One's smarter, one's reckless. Let's think about something, for instance, here with Josh Allen. As gifted as he is, if that guy doesn't drop that football against Minnesota, they have home field advantage in Buffalo. Do you understand that? That mistake that he made on his goal line, they still won 14 ball games. They still won 14 ball games because of his ability to throw the ball. Okay. I got Allen there, I got Burrow, and then I got Mahomes. I think the NFL, boy, it, it just seems to me, before I bring Doc Walker on, it just seems to me, I, I, I can remember playing against Elway, Marino, Sims, Deisman, Montana. <laughs> I don't know. It was a week after week of really great quarterbacks. I just, when you look at the bottom end right now of the league, it's just not, it's, it's, it's just not where it once was, but we'll see how it ends up rolling out. Well, Bruce Arian said the other day, the dual threat quarterback is clearly here to stay. Now I want to bring in doc Walker here. He's part of the broadcast team for the, Washington Commanders, and he's my dear friend. And my friend, how the heck are you doing? Doc, can't hear you. It'd be, it would be, how's that? You got it'd it. Be, yeah, it'd be hard to do any better than I'm doing. <laughs> but I'll try. I, I'm, I'm willing to try. Yeah. <laughs> you've been doing it forever, Doc. We Doc, keep been, fooling them, man. How long have you been talking sports in D.C. now? Well, I got here in 1980. And... um we just talking about the world baseball deal today. And the beauty about it is that you're in a market this long and I've seen the Capitals win a cup, the Nationals win a pennant, world, you know, world championship. And and so the Mystics have won the WNBA. Of course, with the Maryland Terrapins, that basketball program, 
the Hoyas, who now got a new coach, but what they seen the peak, been the Final Fours, worked with coach for 12 years. So I'm really into the fabric of the community. And we got so much unfinished business in football because I've seen we're on a third name. We've had a multitude of quarterbacks. You can always tell a program in trouble because they're double-digit quarterbacks. Yeah, I heard you mention Elway, all the guys you mentioned, Theismann, Elway. The beauty about them, they all got a dime or more, 10 or more years where they had the same address. You know, and we go back to the lingerie Olympics they had in Indianapolis again, and we're still praising guys out of pads. And I love this sport because, you know, we just lost uh, Sims, a wide receiver. He's a hell of a football player. He happens to play wide receiver, but he's a football player. He covers kicks. He blocks on punts. He catches in the red zone. He can go deep. He's 6'5". He's from Alabama. We got we have too many players, too much talent, and not enough football players. Now they're getting more football players. I really think that they're right on the verge of busting loose if they can get some stability at quarterback. But it's like going through this drought, waiting <laughs> You know, and, and it's, it's horrible because I refuse to quit on them. I need one more parade, and then I'm headed to the to the beach. But I can't leave yet, and so I'm committed to see this thing out to one more Lombardi trophy. Doc, let me ask you this. Um, with all the turmoil upstairs, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man, football is is looking positive. And I don't know if you've heard this comment from somebody outside the area there, mm-hmm. but I think football's looking very positive. You give the extension to the D tackle, your receiver from Penn State panned out. He's a beast. You, yeah, the McLaurin kid's a superstar. Animal. Your defense is getting Chase Young back. Um, the quarterback position, obviously, but I'm telling you, you get Eric Bieniemy in the room, you've got Jack Del Rio, you've got Ron Rivera. There's professionals in the room there, aren't there? There's no excuse for us to fail. Uh, I'm so proud of the enemy. It's a perfect storm. Um, I'm a mascot guy, offensive line coach. Love him. Love the fact that he could see, you know, that, hey, we could probably do this, but you need to do you. And that ain't necessarily how I may see it. I mean, I think it was a mutual departure. They say fired, but that helps them get paid. But I respect that. But I need Eric in charge of everything. We just scored enough points. Our defense has a chance to do be special. Any points, man. You, you you guys want to get after the quarterback when he's down by 14 to 18 points. We don't score enough points. So the offense, we needed a fix there. And um, I like – Brissett, I love Howell, uh, but to me, it's about it's got to be about competition. I say this every day on the air. Any team in last place in this division should have no starters. Every damn position is wide open. Who the hell we got talking about starters? We're in last place. So I need – now, John Allen will laugh. Deron Payne, they'll laugh. But you know what? They'll compete. Terry McLaurin, he, he, he competes. Anybody afraid of losing a job shouldn't be on your team anyway. So I just like where this team is going. I think Martin Mayhew is going to add a lot to this system. We had a lot of guys from the same 
hub, panther hub. We all do that. We're creatures of our own people around us, and we were very insecure about breaking outside that box. But hell, if you're 500 every year, you got to do something different. <laughs> you know, you got – and they always talk about, like, Pittsburgh now. I love Tomlin, and I love the Steelers. But don't be calling me a bragging about you didn't have a losing season. It's the Steelers. <laughs> I expect you to be kicking down doors in Super Bowl. Now they're bragging about no losing seasons? No, man, uh-uh. That's my point. We got too many people making too much money to be in last place. I mean, in our era, I mean, come on. These dudes now, are you serious? <laughs> man, I wish I was in the front office somewhere now. I said, dude, <laughs> seriously? And we got guys trying to get $50 million a year. We got this one dude running out to the darkness, getting $50, $60 a year. Man, I kick him in his ass. Let me tell you something, man. And look at the stuff they're putting up with. Guys holding them hostage. Dude ain't won a big game in a damn near decade. I'm going, what the hell's going on? These dudes are going, they're going buck wild, man. And I ain't mad at them. I ain't mad at them. But I'm like going, well, we got a lot of suburban crap going on down in the NFL. I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm so ah, glad I'm out of that hey, crap. I don't know. Hey, hey, hey Doc, the, the league used to be inner city dudes like us, man. But now we're suburban guys out there. <laughs> The league's full of Huxtables, dude. And these dudes talking about, I'm not going to play for 30 million. 30, I, I, I can't do that. Hey, Slim, what you getting, man? I'm only getting 30 million. And I'm going, hey, hey, man. Look, but I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them because the owners are making, they're making so much money. They got the number one TV product on earth. Okay. So they got a demand product. Look at what these organizations are being sold for now. I mean, they're trying to run Dan Snyder in and out, and he's holding them with a – he's got a water pistol. Now, you think this is what kills me. Here's a guy borrowing money from them, got stuff all over the place. Oh, I'm not selling to one of the richest guys in the world. I don't like him. Who are you talking to, Slim? You think we're that stupid? <laughs> you know, I mean, this is what – but they actually act like this is real. You know, so, so we got a guy who's broke from a wealthy standpoint holding – 31 millionaires at hostage? Come on, Slim. This With a, a water pistol. He's got a water pistol. You know what I mean? They boxed him out already. He can't build anywhere. Nobody wants him to be here. So I'm going, let's get on with this. Move forward. You know, and, and so, so far, one dude did that. This dude got to get a consortium. They got to get 35 people together, the investors, talking about all these deals and whatever. Bezos, I'm laughing. Uh, he doesn't like him. Who gives a damn what he thinks or what he likes? <laughs> Amen. And they think we're stupid. And we sit around. Same thing going on with, with Jackson right now. Hey, I don't agree with his technique. I don't agree with his methodology. He's a hell of a player. But you can't beat this system, Slim. You know, he, he got a water gun, too. He's aiming it at him. You know what I mean? They just they ain't going to break, man. They don't break. He yeah. bet on himself, and it didn't work out. No, I, I said, you know, he gambled. He gambled. What and happens when you losing. gamble and lose? Hey, but you know what? He can still win because I think the Ravens still still loving. They're going to pay him. But this league, man, you think you're going to get these bunch of billionaires together on a yacht? Because you know they went out there and started talking amongst themselves. They still pissed off the guy in Cleveland say, hey, let's not ever let this thing happen again. You know, wink, wink. And now this dude's here he is. 
He's he's box office, and nobody's his phone's not ringing. Hey, come on, man. Yeah, but we're supposed to be dumb enough to think, well, you know. And he got hurt in the pocket. Look, the league ain't gonna change, Slim. We've seen it from the days of a five hundred dollar a week you got for a week of practice, and you couldn't wait to get it. And when you threw that in your bank account, it bounced up and down in there and went in there. <laughs> you know, and you went out and you got a chew and a stick and a beer and like this is, is my good. workout money. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you no workout? Yeah. No, that's the new kids. They got paid. You know, when they started his this year, they would say, Oh yeah, this guy's got a workout. I said, What? <laughs> I'd have cut his behind if he wasn't in shape. Tell them I'm going to pay him to work out. They did it to themselves, and I ain't mad at them. I'm glad, hey, man, because the guys, the 32 luckiest guys in the world, it's all-inclusive club. It's not inclusive. It's all-inclusive, okay? And they're doing this, and, uh, oh, magic. Yeah, they get a brother. Hey, man, here's a slice. Come in here and join us. We need you for color. You know, they're bringing these people up in there. What do you think was stupid? You know, and this is the boys' club is closed, man. It's closed. You know what, though, Doc? It sounds so much better coming from you than me when you say that. <laughs> ah, hey, man, look. What, you know just, why I'm they're bringing magic real. in? I don't want. I, they're bringing magic in for the ticket sales in DC and, and the look of diversity. Everyone yeah, well, look knows. At Flores. It. Coach Flores down in Miami. Hell of a coach. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he with the Vikes. He tried to challenge the system. Dude's right. You know he's right. I know he's right. It'll never come up that way, but they did open the door and allow him to work so he can go in there. Of course, Pittsburgh, though, where the Rooney rule is. Well, but they are a godsend. They, they put are. the money where their mouth is. Yep. They pre they live what they preach. You know, and, and I, I just I respect the hell out of them. Thank God for them. Absolutely, Doc. Yeah. Let me ask you, what happened yeah. with Carson Wentz in DC? He just ran out of gas. You know what? I, I didn't know him before. I was in awe of him as a sideline reporter as I was. I saw him do some Houdini. We had guy, Chris Baker had him in a lock, in a lock, like they call the lock next monster hole, defensive tackle swap. He slipped out of that guy and went, ran for 22 yards, came down again, hit. The dude was Houdini. Then his body started breaking down a little bit. I think he was tripping a little bit mentally. And maybe, I don't know. Not the guy I met. The guy I met was smooth, good dude. He tried to be a real good guy, but he ran out of talent. You know, some guys don't recover from certain injuries. I think it's in his brain. He may be able to recover, but three teams in three years, when you're the quarterback, I don't care who you are. He got $28 million, but I think he'd have given half of it back just to have, he'd have paid to have success. <laughs> Just want to be one of the fellas, you know, and it didn't work out. And Ron and me took a shot at it. Hey, didn't work. So thank God, finally here, they moved on. You know, usually they try to save face. They did, they manned up, you know what I mean? They loaded yep. their own gun, blew their own brains. Okay, let's move on. Because you can't get tied up in failure in this league. Next. And then to get to Kyle Howell, the funny part about it, you got this dude sitting over there the whole year. They put him in one game against the Cowboys, who are superior defensively. We joke a lot, but no, Dallas brings it. And they beat them. And they had incentive to win the game. 
They did. I don't want to hear all that crap about they. No, oh, no they, they did win. have incentive to win the yeah, game. They couldn't win. Okay, they got smashed up front, and this boy Howell he went to work on. He only threw nineteen passes. It's nineteen more than he done before, and it was better than anybody had played for their team all year. And so you ask yourself, Yo, Slim, what were y'all hiding him for? They weren't hiding him. Tried to save face. You know, he tried to make a mistake go good. It didn't work. So now we move forward, you know, and bring in uh, Brissett and this dude with Cleveland. You know, he got a raw deal. It was one of those – well, no. Nobody getting paid this kind of money is a raw deal. <laughs> but it was one of those deals we showed a lot of character. You know, they bring in a guy who I love he was kid. better than. I love he was better than him last year. Now, I think my boy's going to bounce back because – Last time I saw him in Texas, seriously, whole Deshaun was a beast. But it shows you in life, never take anything for granted. Because let's suppose he doesn't recapture those Superman skills he had. It'll be a tragedy because the dude is freakish. But last year, to me, it was a testament to the NFL. You can't just roll out your bed. You don't just run out of this through an airport and come play this game. No, don't work that way, Slim. I don't care who you are. You have got to commit, pay the price, survive it, and then thrive in it. And if you get lucky, you may get on a good team. If not, you'll get these scars that stay with you the rest of your life. So while you're there, you better pull some out of it good because you'll be limping and forgetting things and, and all kinds of things will be happening to you for the rest of your life. You be wearing take a monitor seriously. where your wife's following you and knowing. Yeah, who the take hell it, you take are. it seriously, Slim. Yeah, because <laughs> this ain't no joke. It's like those Hollywood stuntmen. I used to when I was at UCLA. I go. The thing was cool was watching these guys get summer jobs. You know, at, at 20th Century Fox and the, at the movie studios. I gained a huge deal of respect. Stuntmen ain't no joke. Tom Cruise got a lot of Top Gun. Yeah, you got me. I, I'm all in. If you did that yourself, brother. Yeah, I'll buy you a shot anytime I see you. Because <laughs> they know where the hell I'd attempted any of that. But you know, you know, it's good. We 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 we're glad we went through it. We're glad we survived it, but we also know guys that are sitting somewhere in a room right now just staring at nothing. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you yeah. a little quick story here, Doc. Yeah. Boy, man, Billy Ray Smith. Yeah, Ooh. man, he's Monster. a he's a yeah. really he's in oh. really bad shape right now, man. Oh, hey, let me man. ask you one question here. Yeah. Give me your take on Jalen Hurts, the Eagles. Oh, absolutely. Love and adore and admire him because all the way back from Alabama through Oklahoma, but here and not being their choice or anybody's choice um, in sports, I'm going to say in my lifetime, the biggest compliment I've seen in American sports is when they you're better than they'd like you to be. And if you don't look the way they'd like you to look, they just change the rules. Okay. Kareem, you can't dunk anymore. The dunk is out. We, we, we don't dunk. Okay. All right. And this so, whole time in college, they did that to no, him. No, no, no problem. Bully Bob Gibson, my hero. Lower the mile. Oh, we got to lower this. We can't have him doing this to these guys. All right. Lower the mile. Still go get it. Whenever you do something and they for now, oh, the scrum, oh, the first, no, it ain't no scrum. It's a quarterback that squats 650. Okay. 
So if you want to get your little guys in there in the weight room, get them out of the quarterback room and get them in there with the O-line and let them train with those guys, maybe you can get an inch or a yard. We got stopped four times less than a yard. Not Philadelphia, not Jalen. And he earned that. There's nothing better sight for me to see quarterback in there with the big dogs, man, lifting. So, not, And he can throw it. He can do everything. And um, I'm really proud of him. He is what, uh, what it's all about. And you don't have to worry about him showing up with a Glock on his shoulder. You know, you ain't going to worry about none of that. You know, it ain't that it's, look, everybody do you. But you'll never worry about that with him. He understands the responsibility he has representing the Philadelphia Eagles and his family. You'll never see that. I ain't saying he ain't doing it, but you'll never see it. Okay, you might have been a saint, Dan, but I wasn't. And all I'm saying is that I never considered because you didn't get caught means that you're brilliant. No, it means you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? And I think sometimes too, Doc, the one thing that I said about Hurts, and when people were saying – that he wasn't elite. I still think he's got a way to go because, yeah. again, consistency to me is elite. That's yeah, the word got- to me, elite. However, it was Nick Saban that was really the guy that gave up on him because he didn't want to coach him. Because, Doc, when you have so many guys at Alabama like that, you don't have time to sit there and develop. But when you're in the NFL and you commit $50 million or $35 million, if you pay the guy – Here's the ruling. Here's the rule in that league, right? If you pay him, you got to play him. And you got means you got to coach him. And I yeah. think that's what he's also overcoming is the fact that people had given up on him. And now look where he is. He's in a position to potentially make $50 million. Yeah, and Oklahoma didn't give up on him. And I don't know how much if Nick gave up. Nick knew that. See, the, when Nick's coordinator, he had Kirby Smart on defense. Well, now Kirby's at Georgia. Yeah. See, sometimes it's too much cross-pollination. Yep. And all of a sudden, so Nick knew that he couldn't just pound people off the ball anymore. He had to go aerial. Being a genius, so what do you do? You, you, what does he coach? What are the real genius? They coach DBs. They coach the last line of defense. Because, and, 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 and they also coach the hardest room to coach. The hardest room to make sure we're managed properly. Because you got super athletes over there with unique skill sets. And may not be the best listeners on earth, but he makes sure, and he tells them, I'm going to get you all paid. He gets them all paid because they come out of there, they're all going to be paid because they have guaranteed pressure. What's the DB's best friend? Pressure. They give you guaranteed pressure, and their linebackers run 4-5. So, yeah, it's nice to be at Alabama and Georgia and, you know, Ohio State and Southern Cal. These schools that can get that unique talent in. But this guy, Hurst, went from one superpower to another and didn't miss a beat. Kept winning. And, you know, go to the second round, about to get paid. But I bet he'll do it like like um, Mahomey did it in Kansas City. He'll do it in a way he can keep winning. A fool runs out there and puts so much on his plate he can't even finish it. Wise man makes sure everybody eats so we can eat again. Yeah. No, Watch I, what happens. Yeah. Hey, hey, Doc, I want to leave you with this. Okay. So my daughter played a rugby game at UCLA. She's a Bruin. Right. 
she, she, so we, we we're, we're we're there at we're there at UCLA. Yeah. And I go into the Jackie Robinson room. I walk around that. My daughter's yeah. like this, and you're gonna love this, Doc. My father played golf with Jackie. He lived yeah. in Stanford, Connecticut, and died yeah. in Stanford. And yeah. my uncle Andy Robustelli, I'm sure you know the name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We're very good friends, so I know the Robustellis. Great dude. Yeah. And we're walking around, and 42 is ever. My daughter goes, Dad, this campus is freaking unbelievable. I mean, the the rugby stadium. I mean, I go, honey, these guys play in the Rose Bowl. You know that, right? <laughs> Hey, you, hey, Doc, you ever get back there, man? That place. No, is no. And just imagine when they actually get people to show up at the game. I mean, oh, what is going to look like? Yeah. Killing the, Aikman was killing them for that. Well, yeah. And you know what? They, they're, I mean, coming off of the COVID deal, when you got a bus, when you're off campus, it's, it is a difficult thing for on campus, is the collegiate thing. You can run in there. It takes a little more effort to get out there. But watch, I think Chip will get it going. Uh, defensively, they had a couple breakdowns that cost them. I was not happy with the bowl game, but overall, they got to make a commitment. And they got athletes in there. And I love it because when SC gets going again, you have no other choice. You either compete or you be beheaded. That's what I love about it. You 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 don't have a choice because they're going to crank up because they're 100% all in to me. And UCLA is is they're doing the complete thing. Everybody wins, and you know everybody's graduate. All that SC is more like SEC. You know they're going after winning in football, the big revenue chip, getting after it at a high level. What they did in one, they were garbage, and they fixed that offense in one year. So the coach and the quarterback are phenomenal. I saw them against Oregon State. I said, "Oh my God, hey, hey, be Doc, hard to beat. You know the bad thing about the two places you played at, um, mm-hmm. Washington and UCLA. UCLA's, mm-hmm. UCLA's now going to the Big Ten. Yeah. Washington doesn't have – I mean, how do you how do you feel about them? I mean, dude, when I look at UCLA, Big Ten playing at Ames, Iowa, I don't know. I mean – We had to do it. We had to go. I hated it. We had – I mean, because they had turf. When you're out in Southern Cal, man, you feel like the rest of the world's disadvantaged. Oh yeah, you know we had grad on turf. It's cold. We got sun. You know, look at our the, our atmosphere. The people that support us. But here's the good news. That's where the money is. You follow the money. <laughs> and one thing you learn about in class, it's about economics. We're going where the money is. And I I envision. I grew up with the AFL, the Raiders, Chargers, on the West Coast, and I saw that. Daryl and Monica, though, you know, that's what I grew up on. And then, so that was a separate league, Paul Lowe. I'm watching the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, just lost. Well, we're losing a lot up now, but that great Chiefs team, I mean, I, I idolized that team. Well, then they merged. It's going to be a Lynn Dawson. S- yeah, well, Lynn Dawson was the quarterback. Otis Taylor yeah. was my guy outside. You're going to see a merger. It's going to be the SEC. And the Big Ten. Yeah. Now, there may be 25 schools, each one of them, but it's going to be NFC, AFC, NFC, and it's going to be a super, that college all-star game, uh, championship game, it's going to be a reality. The other people, you can't compete. It's a revenue game. You know, and out west, they're playing this game after night, after midnight. Hell, on the East Coast, man. They're showing these games Saturday night. 
people to party in or sleep. So recruiting is a hell of a disadvantage. Oh, yeah. If you're just on West Coast games. Now these people be seeing these kids playing from Rutgers to Maryland to Iowa, Nebraska, now more eyes. And then when you see those shots from our campus to your campus, and if they get any background in it, you get a chance to see some of the students. Win, Dude, win I mean, it's, 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 but it's, it's an NIL thing. Who are we kidding? Kid to go play in prison right now for the kind of money they're paying you. So it's <laughs> NIL. You know what I mean? You can put me in San Quentin with the kind of money that they're giving out now. Come on, who are we kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that the governor's not thought that up already. Hey, just to let just to let you go here on this. Yeah. Did you play for Vermeil? Yes, sir. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. So you played for Vermeil. you played with Randy Cross then too, my Absolutely. boy. Absolutely. My boy was in the huddle. Yeah, he was playing um guard and um no we the huge corporation was the line terry donahue was the best individual coach i've ever seen college level he coached the offensive line and and frank gantz was uh our, you know tight ends coach and um we had rod dowhauer oc we, wow. had, we had a, we had a lot of pros a lot of great well every billy matthews running back coach uh hughes chet hughes linebacker coach look all these guys went to philly you know, we went to Rose Bowl. We beat Ohio State 23-10. I'm sorry about that, Buckeyes, because they were 10-0. But, you know, but we didn't give a damn. And so, in the end, all those guys went to Philly. Everybody got paid. And I go, well, what happens? They leave. That's what you're in college to do, to leave. You know, you it's, 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 it's maturity. You go there, you accomplish your goals, and get the hell out and go make money. So, I ain't mad at him. I see Dick at the Super Bowls and – he coached, of course, at Kansas City and then the Rams, and he got in it again. And I'm really proud of him because he he taught us how to how to win. We thought it was cool to get to the Rose Bowl. We scrimmaged during that week of the Rose Bowl. He made it very clear: going to the game, anybody can buy a ticket and go, but only one team's gonna win. Hey, Doc, game. listen, yeah. we got a roll here, man. Okay, but. That's an awesome story. So my man's got a Super Bowl ring and a Rose Bowl championship ring. I'm working on another doing? one. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm hey man, I told you I feel fantastic. Hey, Seriously. I yeah. being Doc Walker is a good thing. Doc, I love yeah. you so much and thank you thank for you, doing man. this. I'm honored to be on your show, man. All my friends, they see it. You popular, you go from East Coast, West Coast, and all over. And I told him, I said, he does, you know, see hands out. This is kind of like a handout deal. So he brings me on the disadvantage and underprivileged, and I represent that group, and we're honored to be on the show. Doc, I love you, man. I'm so privileged to be your friend, man, all these years. Thank you, and God bless you and your family. Thank you, Doc. Hey, can't wait to do it, man. Let's go, man up. Love you, man. The great Doc Walker, too. If you're ever up in the D.C. area, he's a must-listen to. He's one of the more revered men in that area, too, because you know why? As you can hear, Doc's never going to not give you it straight. See, he's, I would say this Doc Walker's probably the black version of Big Sills. <laughs> how come when he says shit, Tone, how come when he says shit, it sounds smoother? <laughs> it just sounds smoother. I say it, I sound like a chainsaw. I mean, <laughs> dude. Doc is such a good – dude, this guy's got three Super Bowl rings. 
and he's got a Rose Bowl ring. And I never realized that he had played for Dick Vermeil at that at UCLA. Oh my God, one of the absolutely greatest campuses I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I'm not in his class. Probably, Arthur, this may be one of the very few things you and I completely agree on. I agree on that. Doc's good people, man. Just um, He's been my friend for, geez, since I was 23. I'm almost 60. Man, long time. I love the guy. I hope you get a chance to check him out. He's such a good dude. Thank you so much. Doc's not a hater. <laughs> Doc doesn't drink haterade. I don't really think you listen then to him when he's up in D.C. and how he goes after the commanders because Doc is pretty sharp on that commander team. I appreciate everybody. Thank you so much. The Doc Walker interview will be up on Jacob Sports till tomorrow, 3 to 6 we appreciate you stepping in with us. Please hit the like button. Tone, great stuff. We thank you very much. Xander, Big Joe, all good. Till tomorrow, we'll see you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild. And time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.